Welcome to the Scrubverse Podcast, your last stop for the latest in gaming news and pop culture. We're your hosts, Chris and Corey. Prepare for dissension. start off i want to start off with a little bit of an icebreaker so have you guys seen anything i know hallie you've seen some stuff about it uh have you guys seen uh, stuff about dr sleep uh we only saw the trailer before the joke yeah i haven't read the book or anything yeah you haven't read the book have you read the book it's an audio podcast so you have to say no oh no <laughs> no i have not read the book okay uh but i'm i'm interested in this because i'm such a and i was talking with scotty last night about it i'm such a huge fan of the shining and i've actually never read the book of the shining but i love the movie i think mostly because of jack nicholson's jack nicholson's performance but i'm curious about the premise of the movie for people that don't know what it mean, it is it's danny from the shining all grown up and he still has his shining powers i guess is that what it mm-hmm. that we call it but he starts finding, yeah, the gift. But he starts finding other people that also have the gift. And then at one point, I guess at some point, what does he have to fight vampires or something? Or like, I don't know what the movie's about. I just know I'm it's not a, really a, sure. The trailer that we saw, I was like, why is this going to be good? What was good about The Shining was they were in one place, but it looked like this guy is like going around town in different villages and whatever. But then eventually it goes to one place. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm. What'd you say? We'll still see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be a movie theater going experience for me, but I'll definitely see it when it comes out. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we also, they, they've seen it chapter two and we haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> she's, we haven't had like last time. I think I talked about it on one of the other podcasts, but, uh, we went to go see it that one time and it was just the worst seats that were left like they were like the two seats we picked oh, were in yeah. the front row mm-hmm. and my birthday it was my birthday yeah it was your birthday on the 23rd 20 <laughs> uh but yeah yeah i'm excited to see that and uh we're gonna we're gonna start with you usually in this uh podcast format that we do we usually for people so first of all who are you people like Oops. where's chris <laughs> and who are you people so to to cut to figure to let everyone know, Chris is on vacation right now. He has he took a two week much needed vacation. He's down in, I guess he's having a good time down in Disneyland or Disney Ooh. World, Ooh. whichever one's down there. Rachel yeah. would love it. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> so. tell you that, honey. World. If he's in Florida, it's World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's down in Orlando. So. Oh yeah. House and But yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be yeah he'll be gone down there for about two weeks. So I'm in charge. So this is all going to be a huge dumpster fire, but. Let's do uh, it. Light let's it. Introduce, let's introduce our two guests that we have. Uh, who are you two over there? Um, you go first, honey. I'm Rachel. <laughs> Just Rachel. You don't... Rachel. That's it. Oh, man. This is Scotty Moe from the Megavisions crew with my beautiful girlfriend, Rachel, as well. We're sitting up in the game room screaming at a microphone. We're going to talk about some horror movies. 
Yep. Scotty, you've been on our podcast before, but this is Rachel's first time, I believe. Yep. And mm-hmm. here with me, I have my lovely wife, Hallie. So say hello, Hallie. Hello. Or as as people in the Discord chat, as Madame Beauregard. So Madame Beauregard, I do declare. Yeah. That's her. She doesn't have like a screen name or anything, but if she ever started playing video games, that's probably what she would make it now. You should pick uh, Neo as your screen name. Nobody's picked that. Oh, yeah. Or like Super Saiyan uh, Goku. 420 time. 420, yeah. blaze it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was when I learned that I was not unique was when The Matrix came out and then I got AOL Instant Messenger. I'm like, I'm going to be Neo like nobody else <laughs> thought of. Yeah, then like you had to be like Neo 748. Yeah. So instead I was real cool and combined two Dragon Ball Z characters and I was if Goku and Trunks fuse, so I was Gokonks. Oh, I thought you were just going to go with gunks. Nope. Fun <laughs> facts about my dumb childhood. Uh, well, Tornado Jones used to be Tornado Jones 69 because I was an edgy teenager. Nice. But <laughs> as an adult, I was like, let's drop the 69. So <laughs> Yeah, straight to the point. That's right. So uh, we're going to start with you two. Normally the format, what we Wait, do is... Wait, hold on. Do, what you, was your screen name again? The Tornado, Tornado Jones 69 was what my screen name used to be. <laughs> All right, <good. laughs> All right, there we go. I'm 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 gonna assume you had the raptor head on and you dabbed as well. Oh so. sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just did a dab. Normally, the format me and Chris usually go through our weeks. So I'll I'll ask you two. What, uh, like I said, our weeks, whenever Chris and I do them, usually go for like an hour and a half. I do not expect our weeks to go like that this week. But I will start with you two first. So if you guys want to talk about your weeks, yeah, we can talk about our weeks. Uh, we thought. Instead of playing, it wasn't exactly this past week, but it was recent enough that instead of just watching horror movies, uh, I thought we'd try to play some horror video games, So, which I think I mentioned in a question to the Scrubverse previously, but um, we started playing Alan Wake. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Rachel is very much into books. I'm a very slow reader, but I really enjoyed that game when it was new, and I will say cutscenes have not aged well. The people don't really look like people. They like barely have noses. <laughs> They're very smooth skinned, and uh, it's we're not that far. I don't know if you guys remember how it breaks it up, and it it starts with like last time on Alan Wake. Like we only got through the first chapter ish thing, but Rachel already figured out the big plot twist that's supposed to sort of be in the second chapter that he's the. Okay. For those that don't know, Alan Wake was like a 360 title in like 2009 or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but I think I was working at Hastings when it came out. Yeah, I was definitely working in video game retail and uh, borrowed the game from someone, but someone traded in the collector's edition. And when you take in a trade-in of a collector's edition, you get the same amount as you would for the game because all the other bonus stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't like change the value of just that disc. So. Right. Up until a few weeks ago, I owned the like collector's edition. That's a book. It has uh, some of his ram, his journal ramblings, a soundtrack, and downloadable stuff and whatever. But I didn't actually have the game disc until I bought it because <laughs> I forgot. And I like set up my 360 finally for the first time in like three years. And then I was like, yeah. "Oh hey, honey, I don't think I actually own this game. Uh, I'm gonna have to hunt it down." But found it for ten bucks. So overall, in the Perfect. long run, I think I lucked. <laughs> uh, I, I won the battle there, but, um, so yeah. the, the twist, for those that haven't known, spoilers for a, uh, I just looked it up, when was this game out? 2010. Yeah, um, Alan Wake is an author, and he goes away to this small town to get away from his job and try to figure out how to write his next book and whatever, but it turns out his wife gets kidnapped by some demon person, and his, he's living in the latest book that he wrote, 
um, as the protagonist. So what what do you okay. think of it so far, out? honey? Oh, what's that tornado? It sounds a lot like. Have you ever seen the movie In the Mouth of Madness? No. No. Uh, it's it's kind of <laughs> along the. It's a John Carpenter film that it's kind of in the '90s when John Carpenter started going on the downhill. But it stars Sam Neill, which is he's from Jurassic oh. Park. Yeah. Dr. Grant. He's investigating this uh, this author, like how he's gone missing and all this other stuff. And it's very, it's not along, uh, like uh, totally along the same lines, but he finds out like he's like this book that this author written has uh, actually opened up the gate to Cthulhu and his minions and all this other shit. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those really weird movies. So yeah, we're looking up pictures. The cover is horrible. Oh, I've, the Blu-ray cover I don't recognize, but the actual DVD cover does look familiar. It's Ooh, like that's a, in a book. That looks weird. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Alan Wake, honey? I mean, I don't <laughs> think we've played enough for me to have an opinion. I know that I get scared easily with it because <laughs> I'm used to movies where... The controls are not great. Yeah. Um, so I just hand them off to you when I get to the fighting <laughs> stuff. Cause I don't Beat this level. Don't fight. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't enjoy the. I like the story of that game, but the when you fight enemies, it sucks because you use it a flashlight. Unfair. They're shadow people, I guess, but you like use a flashlight and hone in on them until something breaks, and then you can shoot them easier, kill them quicker, oh, or something. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about how like the light is the light's protective of you, um, and like darkness is bad, and and that's why you know his. Alan Wake, if you shorten his name, it's A Wake. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> so, yep. They do that on purpose? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's kind of clever. Yeah, I have, I have uh, like, when you had avatars on 316 stuff, I do have the Alan Wake shirt, and I've had the background forever on there, like the theme, which is a weird, like, small town farm thing in the background, but I don't know. I remember it being a good game, but I wanted to start with that, because next up, we're going to try to play Until Dawn. I feel like she'll have more Ooh. fun with that. Than... Yeah, that one, uh, that one's, I've watched a playthrough. I've watched, like, all the, the good playthrough, the bad playthrough, all that stuff. That yeah. game is... They, I feel like they could totally just make that into a movie and people would watch it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I've played it before uh, a long time ago, but um, it, it was good. So I think she'll it's enjoy got a, more, it's got Rami Malik in it from. Uh, yeah, Bohemian that's Star. the only reason she knows about it oh, before yeah. me introducing her to it. So, but I thought start with Alan Wake because she likes books, and I didn't remember how well that game aged. We'll try. It. We'll push through it a little more. Um, we'll finish it. I don't know that we'll finish that game, honey. It's not short. Oh. Like it, it's, it gets long-winded at some points. Um, have either of you played that game, like all the way through Alan Wake? No, Hallie. Hall, again, Hallie, it's a podcast. Yeah, you, you got to say no. <laughs> oh no. No, Hallie doesn't really play a lot of video games, and I, Alan Wake didn't just didn't really. That was the kind of game I wanted to play. So, mm -hmm. like I said, as as I've said before, my first horror Resident Evil game was Resident Evil 4. Man, that's not even. That's action. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, Resident Evil's fun. And so I went back to play, like, 2 on N64, and I was like, oh, oh, this is Man. different. Cool, you got the worst version of the best game in the series. <laughs> I did. I did. That's when I worked at the video game store. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... We played that. I don't think we tried playing anything else um, other than the most recent throwdown with the Windjammers. Oh, man, that was so fun. <laughs> that went from train wreck to wrecking each other. Yeah, apparently I'm really good at Windjammers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so, sure. I guess, I don't there know. Was, there yeah. was lag. That's why I wasn't doing great. <laughs> I don't know. 
That was a situation where we were just like, uh-oh, this is going to go bad. And then we were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go with it. Yeah, there's no spectator mode, and it's pretty much a fighting game in that respect. You could only have one-on-one, so whenever not Tornado was playing, no one could see the battle or the fight, the uh, game. Basically, I always had to be playing. Yeah, it, that which was wonky and weird, but they also didn't, I don't think, planned on... the the. It's a re-release of an, an early 90s arcade disc-throwing game. Yeah. And I don't think that they had planned on doing more than just putting it on PS4 when .emu wanted to release it or re-release it or redo it or whatever. So I don't know that online play was even in their repertoire other than, yeah, you'll be able to play one other guy. Windjammers 2 will definitely have it, though. It has to. I mean, I I hope that they... It's such a phenomenon now or something weird. It, it's like it's... It's one of those, it's like a cult classic like when it comes to movies like yeah. I feel like it was it did but that this is different because it I feel like it did really well in the arcades. I mean it's still huge over in like France and yeah, they Windjammers 2 I feel like is going to have that stuff and especially with the age of streaming and all that stuff now. Yeah, I think it's it's got to have it. I th- I hope they're aware of that. I don't see why it wouldn't, but But what was great was going back and listening to some of that is you know, you're you're always watching whoever I'm playing, but you're also listening and hearing the other matches going on because everyone was in the same discord yes and so that that's really good too because you'll just hear like every once in a while you hear you see like oh fuck you jason or something like that (laughs) yeah but uh no it was super fun and i i just really want to play that game even more like we got really lucky too because we all were just playing in ranked match and i think we were the only five people that were playing in the entire world (laughs) so gotta get them trophies yeah, I got up to silver, and I then I took the silver and I ran. Cheating. Whatever, it wasn't cheating. <laughs> <laughs> That's salty Scotty right there. Yeah, leave it to me to introduce everyone to a game and me be the worst at it. <laughs> I don't care. It's still fun. It's still it's 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 much more aimed at like a like a party setting, like everybody sitting down handing off controllers than uh, yeah. than online. I think so. Yeah, that's really that's really been it for us because I've just been trying to get back into streaming trying to help you with streaming we i, I co-piloted ill bleed with you which was great yeah um, that was super so fun and i guess with that we'll throw it over to you with what you guys have been doing yeah so like you said we did the Windjammer stuff that was really really fun and i had a really good time with it and uh so when, when i did ill bleed the first time i was doing a, it, it was really weird because i was doing a walkthrough by myself and playing it so there was a lot of stopping and watching and yeah i was that. really worried about that happening i just didn't know didn't what are you laughing it's at? a hard game that's like not a one-person game you need a co-pilot yeah we did really well when uh last tuesday when scotty was doing the walkthrough and all that stuff it was really like even though like there were some parts we were just like oh crap i went too far ahead or something like that we were still having a lot of fun with it and we're gonna be playing that hopefully on tuesday and we're gonna beat that on tuesday as well yeah we should i mean we got through um the last uh, so You've taken it two stages at a time. The last time we did stage four, or I'm sorry, three and four, but one of them was literally the longest level in the game based on the time clock that the strategy guy had and everything. So I think we'll be able to, and it it was long-winded too, but I think we'll be able to. And we had to restart it twice because we got killed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those, um... The worms. Oh, the worms, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the, the food situation where I picked up 15 pieces of food, that was... That was, they do that on purpose. You're just like, oh, I'm going to take all this free shit. Like, no, you ain't. Yeah, it's going to kill you. Yeah, it was real fun, though. I'm really excited to see the last two parts. And uh, I think we're going to work on, I really want to do, like, maybe on the last Tuesday of the month, do, like, that Resident Evil 5 thing we were talking about. Yeah, we could try to do that. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Uh, 
We watched a movie this week, though, didn't we, Hallie? We did. Uh, so we there's this video on YouTube. There's been a bunch of videos about the movie, uh, The Howling 2. Uh, okay. Your sister is a werewolf. Yes. It's called Your Sister is a Werewolf, but in the European release, it's called Sturba She-Bitch or something like that. Whoa. And this is a sequel to the uh, Joe Dante's original Howling movie, which is pretty i haven't full we haven't watched it yet but the first one one, it's a good one like it's got like a four and a half stars on amazon and all that stuff (laughs) oh maybe not (laughs) wait is it four out of five or yes it's four out of five yeah i agree with that i thought you meant four out of ten i was gonna say what howling 2 is this i don't know how this movie came to be it has christopher lee in it and uh he's like basically kind of like van helsing yeah. Where he's trying to go after Sturba, who is the leader of the werewolves and all this other stuff. And also, the werewolves look garbage in this oh, movie. so bad. They're they look so like trolls. They do look like trolls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture. There's so the the punks. It's they're in the '80s. So I love '80s punks in movies because they're so like iconic. And there's tons of them in here. And I I don't want to like review this movie. Because I can't. I can't go through this movie again. Wow. It's wow. It's bad yeah. or what? It's real bad. Like, there's a part, there's there's two scenes where there's just a werewolf orgy. Yep, think I found the picture for that. Great. What the fuck? The problem is they're not in full werewolf form or full human form. So they're like in the halfway through. Just hairy. Yeah, it looks like someone that has really bad hairy problem and they're just all three having sex. And uh, it's it's so weird. The dialogue's so weird. It does have a awesome uh, mid, or I'm not sorry, not a midget, but a dwarf. <laughs> it has a dwarf in it that is like the coolest character ever, but surprise. I can he... only find pictures of the fucking orgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sorry. well, th- th- there you go. I'm trying to see what any of the wolf people look like without just sex in it, but it's not happening. There's, a, I don't know when they were making this movie. I think it has to be because of Christopher Lee and how he used to portray Dracula. But there's so many references to vampires and like van- like ways to kill vampires that they say it- that kill werewolves in this movie. Like at one point, it says you have to drive a stake through a werewolf's heart, and I'm just like, no, you don't. That's that's not how that works. Like, you just need those silver bullets you were talking about earlier. But if you take the silver bullets out of the body, they, like, come back to life. Yeah, so... What? If you take the silver bullets out of their body, they cannot rest in peace, and then they come back as a werewolf. Because that's what happens to one of the main characters' sister. The sister. Yeah, so the sister finds out she is a werewolf, and to expose this, she is a news reporter, and she has her murder... (laughs) She has her murder broadcasted on television so she's transforming into a werewolf and someone shoots her with the bullets and all that and christopher lee's like well i have to go and take care of your sister's body because they took the bullets out so she can never rest in peace and i was like where the fuck did that come from how would they even learn that i don't know (laughs) there's another part where like one of the other main characters busts out some garlic and i'm just like all right whatever this movie's stupid so fuck you whatever (laughs) You didn't talk about uh, Christopher Lee in the nightclub. Oh, there's a part where Christopher Lee goes to a like a punk nightclub and he has these he has like a red polo on and bl- Christopher Lee in blue jeans and these like 80s. Yeah, that's narrow I think I found that picture. Sunglasses. The thinnest sunglasses I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> they life. Like they're even on his face all the way. They uh, don't even like, look like they cover his eyes all the way. Yeah, they're white. He's got a brown leather jacket over. Yeah, sure. I guess that's leather. I don't know what that is. 
it was it was really really weird. We watched the whole thing. Well, the reason we watched it is because JonTron on YouTube has a really good video about it, and I was like, all right, let's watch this. And we watched it, and I was like, oh no, I just wasted an hour and a half. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we watched that, and I don't know, I've been playing, I mean, I've just been playing Monster Hunter a lot more lately, and uh, besides the Ill Bleed and the the Thursday Night Throwdown, that was basically it, and... Have you watched anything of note this week? You watched, uh, you watched the, what was that Omen remake? Was that the newest Omen? I guess, it was in like 2006, I don't know if there's any after that. The Omen 2, to Omen. Twelman. Well, there is an yeah. Omen two, and I think there's like an Omen three as well. So sure, there's a TV show too. I think. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's seven Howling movies. How, we found. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all. We were looking on Amazon, if and we have Amazon Prime. You can watch them for free. Yeah, all of them except for the first one, though. You have to rent the first one. The legit oh, that's movie. So weird. Yeah, it's. I was just like, how many are there? And I was like, that's seven, and that's the ones just counting the ones with numbers in their name. I didn't even oh. think they were that successful that they would warrant. They were not. They six were other it, movies. Yeah. Is it Uwe Ball? Did Uwe Ball do it somehow and avoid that German tax? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It, it's it's uh, it's insane. I don't understand how things can become series either. Horror things like Walking Dead showed why we should only have movies instead of a whole series. Yeah. Of well, The Walking Dead season one was phenomenal, and then you're just like, uh oh, this is going to keep going. Like, when does this yeah. end? Scream Zombie was a series. Tremors became forever. a series. Yeah. Things shouldn't become series. Blade became a series. It did? Yeah. There was a Netflix series of Blade. Huh. And there's a new one, I yeah, think. Yeah, there's a new one coming out. I I need to review that movie at some point because I love Blade 1 that and Blade 2. That one guy is playing Blade. Who is that? Uh, the guy that plays Luke Cage? Nope. Uh, Keith, Keith David? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about it. I don't know. Uh, you can look it up on your phone. Or no, I think Scotty's fact-checking us right now. But that's basically that's basically our week. I haven't been doing much more than just work. I've been working nonstop because we've been in a busy crunch era right now. Sticky Fingers. That's who plays Blade. You're welcome. Sticky Fingers. Oh, from Wu-Tang? <laughs> uh, I think so. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that because the the Blade 1 movie is pretty rough because of the CG, but I still like it. And Blade 2 is great because uh, Guillermo del Toro directed it. And so there's a lot of good horror stuff because that's the one where Blade teams up with the regular vampires because apparently there's like a sub subclass of vampires that look like a predator mouth. That, that are just one? That's the second one. And then the third oh, one. The third one, too. Which one have we seen? Kind of, um, yeah. I showed you the first yeah. one thinking that I enjoyed it and realized I'd never seen Blade 1. And I think <laughs> I've just seen Blade Trinity like a million times. Blade Trinity. Yeah. If it That's... wasn't on at college at some point, it was on USA or something. Yep. So, um, But I, I realized we had never seen the first one. And she thought it was bad. I was like, give it a chance because we got to get through this to see the other ones. Yeah. Blade Trinity is that's got Jessica Biel, Ryan Reynolds, Triple H is in it. Mm-hmm. Norman Reedus was uh, in the first one. He was like a spy or something like that. Oh or, yeah, he was the punk hacker douchebag making the weapons in the first one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Norman Reedus was in that. It was dumb. Chris Christopherson's in it. Yes, I forget that Chris Christopherson. I love yeah. I love how Chris Christopherson dies in the first one, but then he just comes back in the second one because. In the third. Yeah, well, in the second one, he came back as a vampire, and then Blade yeah. cured his vampirism. I do remember that, because Rachel was legitimately sad that he died, and I was like, 
I don't think he is because he's somehow in the other ones. No, so it was it, his because his death in the first one's supposed to be like impactful because that's the father figure to Blade, yeah. and like he's got. I don't know why they established that he has cancer when he just gets bitten and is going to become a vampire, <laughs> yeah. so he shoots himself. So yeah. I don't know, but whatever. And I don't know. But that's basically our week. And instead of, we don't really, we're not going to do, there is, boy, there's tons of video game news right now. And there's tons of stuff that I would like to talk about. But that's not what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to withdraw from the news portion this week. Well, we're going to do something different this week. Uh, we all had homework to do. I gave everybody homework. So everyone liked me this week. But what we're going to talk about is I asked everybody uh, to pick their top five favorite horror movies that they that they like. I picked six because I couldn't cut one out. So sue me. This is my podcast, and I'll do what the fuck I want. So, <laughs> so we all have our top five. Uh, we, I, it, at the, in the beginning, I think I talked to Scotty about it. I was like, let's pick some with like practical effects and stuff like that. But after a while, I was like, you know what? Let's just pick movies that we just love because I think we're gonna have a good wide array of movies. Some of our lists are gonna overlap with each other, which I think is gonna be a good thing. And then there's gonna be some movies that you're just like, what? That's on your list, really? Okay, but. Since you two are our guest, I want I'm gonna let you two start. So if you, Scotty, you can start, or Rachel, you can start. Uh, should I start since I have less than sit less to say about mine? Well, are we gonna say our five and then talk about them, or are we just listing our five? Let, let's yeah. let's start from like the bottom of our list. Number five. Yeah, basically, and then we're just gonna talk about like people that have seen the movie. We can weigh in, and people that haven't, we can just like ask questions and all that stuff. You'll never believe what they chose as number one. Number five. <laughs> I can go before you, honey, and then yeah, you can gather your them. gather your thoughts. What yeah, do you yeah. mean? Like in you can write I mean, order? I just wrote them down. I'll, she I'll has like them. paragraphs of shit. I have my fun facts. Hallie, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallie has yeah, Hallie has a bunch. I've worked on this for two days. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go. So I'll. <clears throat> I was a little bit confused because at first, uh, wait, am I calling you Tornado or Corey? Does that matter? Doesn't matter. Cool. So Corey said at one point. <laughs> Like, we want to talk about practical effects. So, like, five best horror movies with practical effects. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Because I like stuff. I like... I could think of more sci-fi stuff with practical effects. Or, like, even... And I'll just say this as an honorable mention for anything. I think one of my favorite because of my childhood and because I feel like it still stands up in terms of practical effects is the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, God (laughs) bless those actors that played the Turtles because they were going through hell and everything in that. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, in terms of horror, this is, this is, I'm going from five to one here. Um, number five, people will say it's not a horror movie. People will say, oh yeah, it totally is. People will say it's a whatever else. I'm going to go with the first Ghostbusters because what? I hear a sigh. I hear somebody's taking a breath. What? No, go ahead. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Someone's breathing. Yeah. So how dare they? Um, so... Yeah, the first Ghost, Ghostbusters movie, and I had to think, because also I was getting confused with the practical effects, I'm like, were there even, like, besides the dogs and Gozer's giant contact lenses? <laughs> That's a mistake on my part. I should have clarified that. That's okay, but um, Ghostbusters one is, is one of my favorite movies of all time, and there are parts, if you're a kid seeing this for the and you're younger... Uh, there are parts that are going to spook you, like the Hellhounds did scare me as a yeah. kid. Or just uh, Zool and, in general. Yeah, Zool in general, um, never state puffed really, except for when he was on fire and just looked like Demon Spawn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, the librarian in the very beginning, which is the second or first scene, that, that freaked me out as a kid a little bit. But there's not, there's... 
there's like other like the soundtrack is really good at being creepy and everything but yeah. it's a comedy it's a comedy first and it's horror second only because ghosts are involved i think that movie um, that's what i want to talk about with that movie that movie is and this is a something that's been said before it's like lightning in a bottle that everyone oh yeah Everyone that was a part of that movie, you know, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, who's a crazy man, uh, Bill Murray, that was just the perfect amalgam of actors that needed to be in that movie. And that's one of the reasons I had a problem with the newer Ghostbusters movie, as I just didn't think that they you, you were going to have that same spark with the yeah. banter. Because basically, Bill Murray is just saying whatever the hell he wants. Like, Bill Murray is just being Bill Murray. <laughs> Yeah, he was at a point in his career where that movie was just happening because he was just there, and uh, and he had another movie in mind, so he, he legitimately did not give a shit about this movie while it was being filmed and made. Dan Aykroyd actually legitimately believes in everything that this movie base, is based around. <laughs> he um, His Crystal Skull Vodka. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, if you watch the Joe Rogan stuff at all, um, just watch like the first five minutes and you'll want to drink Dan Aykroyd's vodka after he sells it the way he does on there. <laughs> he believes, man. He believes really strongly yeah. in things. Uh, I actually got Chris to watch. We had talked about it on a podcast earlier. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was actually given full creative control of one movie, and that movie was called Nothing But Trouble. And that movie has John Candy. It has Chevy Chase in it. It has Demi Moore right off of Ghost. Like, she had d- just done Ghost. And it is a movie that is completely insane. And they never gave Dan Aykroyd creative control of a movie again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, Ghostbusters, it's just such a great cast of just everything. It's a good movie. Um, It's one of my favorites. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's... I could watch, you know, you got to be in a certain mood to watch certain movies. I could sit down and watch that anytime. It doesn't matter what's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, What's your opinions on two? Um, two was kind of a victim of circumstance because that's when special effects were starting to take hold and so that took center stage over the actual acting unfortunately um Mm. so there weren't as many like funny parts or i mean you can see like you just if you just put them side by side like you can see the budget was much higher and just you can see the literal change in decades of when those movies came out which it was kind of i like i liked in the second one that it very much was like Okay, they're washed up. They saved the city, but nobody gives a shit. Like, very much a celebrity's life, almost. Like, yeah, yeah. you were maybe a hometown hero, and then you had your movie, and then you did nothing. And now you're trying to, like, put a book out. Nobody gives a shit about it. Is you. the second one where Dan Aykroyd gets the ghost blowjob? No, that happens in the first one. Okay, that's the first <laughs> that one. Happens, My bad. That happens in the... Yeah, that's in the montage of the first one where they're starting to get busy, and, and Larry King is in there, which is scary to see him yeah. somehow still look old in the 80s. That. Well, for a PG movie, I can't believe they did that, and I can't believe... Uh, this I didn't know what was Weaver going line on. When she says, "What does she say?" Like, "I want you inside." I want you inside. Me. Like, yeah. what? This kids watch this. That's movie. back in the day, though. That was the '80s. Like, you could get away with like a lot of like a PG-13 movie would be like a hard R nowadays. Oh yeah, I didn't know what was happening whenever there was stuff no. like that. Also, what I love about that movie is ever because the proton packs are super cool, but the proton packs are actually only ever used. I think a total of like maybe two and a half minutes in the entire movie. Probably. When they're shooting the beams, like. The actual beams, the hotel when they're trying to fight Zool, and And then then on the roof, and then on the roof, and that's it. Yeah, in terms of actually being fired, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I think makes the proton packs so cool is that they're used very sparingly. But Um, we don't want to dwell on one movie for so long though, because we have twenty movies to go through. So (laughs) right, right, right. So um, my number four is the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Because it has. 
I haven't seen them all, but the ones that I've seen, it still has one of the coolest deaths, in my opinion, which is Johnny Depp's yep. death. Yeah, yep. I knew. The yeah. bed one. The bed one is so yeah. crazy. Which I th- isn't that the first death in the whole series? No, yeah. that happens much later one? in the Tina. movie. Who's Tina? Tina was the first one to go. It, the movie started with her, like, us thinking she was the main person. Oh, yeah. Um, She's the girlfriend of the the kid that ends up in jail. I can't think of his name, but he was like the dickhead teenager. Um, mm-hmm. But her death and Johnny Depp's death were the ones to use a rotating room because oh, with yeah. Tina's death was the first one. She got like she was on the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, that's right, right, right. And then yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny was the one with the bed, so they both used the rotating room for those. I love those movies where you're just like Johnny Depp was in this movie, and people are like, "What, really?" And because it, it's the same with Platoon. That was his first movie. Yeah, he was right. in Platoon as well. Yeah. For those that don't know, um, everybody listening to this is gonna have plenty of homework. I mean, you could honestly look up just this scene, but I wouldn't because it's cooler to know the character and stuff. But his death is uh, a fountain of blood from his bed after he gets sucked into his mm-hmm. bed. And I'm pretty sure they used actual pig's blood. Like, Shh, I think maybe. they, I think I they know. used um, it. That could be, be a rumor because I've never heard. Oh really? That. Okay. Oh, really? Maybe not. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I heard it was just like um, dyed water. Oh, is that what it was? The way that it I mean, came it looked down. pretty thin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might have. I don't know why I thought I might have thought that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that movie, that, that, that first number. one's great. That first one's so yep. good because it establishes everything. Like, how terrifying it is. Everyone has to sleep. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I think, and that was the, I like, amongst all the, the 80s horror villains of Jason and Mike Myers, and Freddy was the only one with an actual personality, and I think that made it more entertaining for me. I'm not saying the other series are bad at all, just that Freddy made it more watchable, but it was also that... Um, weird balance of like, oh, this is funny and entertaining to also then like suddenly, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? You well, know? even in the really bad Nightmare on Elm Street movies, Robert England sells the show because of how yeah. cra- like how charismatic he is and like also just because at that point you can just, in dreams, you can get so creative with the deaths. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the big thing too. That first one's actually, I was watching that, uh, I've, I know I've brought this up multiple times before, but the documentary Going to Pieces, which is the rise and fall of the slasher film, uh, Wes Craven talks about the original story of what, what that was behind that like made Nightmare on Elm Street be created was how this one person, like it was a kid like over in like East and Vietnam, like, it was some Asian, like Asian area where he just couldn't go to sleep. Like he was, he's like, he was, a, he was convinced that he would die if he went to sleep and all these people were giving him like his family was giving him sleeping pills and all this other stuff. And then come to find out what like, one night he finally did go to sleep and he wakes up just screaming bloody murder and he dies and they open his closet and they find like a huge container of all the sleeping pills that they and gave him and a coffee and pot. Like that. And that's terrifying to know that this guy knew he was going to die if he went to sleep. It's kind of like how I go through the Dreamcast Marathon every year. He's going to die if I, if I go to sleep. Something, good, something dies. We had multiple things die this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, number number four is Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one for me. Number three uh, is The Descent. Have you guys seen that? I have, oh, I have. I have seen The Descent. Yes. I forgot about The Descent until you just brought... Well, you have a history with this movie too, right? I do. I'll, I'll tell that story, but um, first we'll talk about... Like, I, I saw that this. I saw this in the theaters, and this was actually the first horror film I ever bought. Um, beforehand, I, like, the Resident Evil games got me into horror films and stuff, but I never really had a reason to own a horror film, because it was always, like, I'd only be in the mood to watch them during October, and they, I could just find them on TV easily. Yeah. What, why are you shaking your head at me? That's a bad I didn't opinion. care, honey. I didn't care. <laughs> 
Rachel's so, getting snooty but, with us a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed The Descent because it's it's a psychological uh, thriller as well. I don't like tight spaces like that. No. Oh, man. You might not want to watch this at all. Ever, no, I've but, seen uh, it. I've watched it. And oh, like, okay. I've had, I've had nightmares where I was just stuck in like a wood like not a wooden crevice but like a rock crevice like that and i i and underwater like no way Uh, i'd rather be set me on fire (laughs) something about this movie felt like it was something that could maybe happen almost until it gets to a certain point but like so what it is is a, a a group of girls go on well they're not girls they're adults but um go on a hiking trip uh, slash spelunking trip and they decide they're, they're I think there's like five or six of them they're gonna go spelunking and they go into this deeper cavern not with the correct equipment uh, they have to leave some behind and then um, people start dying one by one they find out that it's like almost the what's it called in until dawn the windigos or something yeah um, yeah almost like those things a subterranean race of like primitive like yeah. animalistic things right that I don't know if it's ever made clear in the film, but um, they essentially theorize that it they used to be human, but they just stayed underground for so long that they're like these albino things that are blind. But yeah, they evolved. Yeah, through uh, uh, is it sonar echolocation, echolocation. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> but the um, um, okay. So, did you guys see it in theaters, or did you see it elsewhere? No, I watched it on TV. Okay, and Holly, did you see it in theater? It sounded like you maybe saw it before Corey. No, I didn't see it in theaters. I watched okay. it. Okay. I think my cousin was watching it late one night, and I caught it, and I was just like, Angie made okay. Watch it. Ng, she okay. Loves spelunking. Oh, does she? Yeah. Well, oh, remind no. me never to go spelunking with Ng or spelunking with anyone never. in general. So we watched the Descent and that other one, like the How Many Meters Down. There's one that came oh, out. Like, yeah, really similar. Yeah, I know what you're talking Where about. Where they get trapped yeah. in an underground cave. I can't do it. Can't. There's there's mm-hmm. one that came out around the same time, and I can't remember what it was. A lot of those movies came out around the same time, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, so the reason I ask if you saw it in theaters or not, there was a theater. A theatrical ending and then a at-home ending. I do know of the two different endings. Okay. Yeah, so the at-home ending or what they... I don't know which one they consider the legit one. Um, the final... the the Who becomes the heroine of the film, um, she's... Uh, it, oh, they were going out for her birthday, and I think she had just either gone through a bad divorce or some... Some kind of breakup or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so they were trying to just get away and celebrate her birthday and have fun just as friends and whatever. Um, So, but the way that it ends is eventually she kind of turns into this like warrior woman and is destroying these creatures underground. But the descent is not only literally them descending into the earth and climbing through these tunnels and going deeper and deeper, it's also a descent into madness because the way one of the endings is she is um, at her birthday cake. Uh, somehow she like gets out and then she's just in a room that's only illuminated by her birthday cake with her friends. But then it like, I think it like zooms into her eyes and zooms out. And really what it is, is just the, the lantern or torch that she has under the cave. And so she's mm-hmm. just under, it's assumed she's just underground forever and never actually escapes. And she thinks she has escaped. Um, yeah. but the other ending, which was the theatrical ending is she, this was the better one. <laughs> I liked it better. She gets out. She actually does get out. She find and since she's just in hyper mode, um, she gets out of the cave. She goes to the jeep uh, that her friends had uh, gotten to the cabin in, whatever. She hops in the jeep, like still adrenaline driven. And what's wrong? Went too loud. I still haven't watched them. Covering oh, my ears. Uh, Rachel's covering her ears. She hasn't seen <laughs> oh. this. Um, I didn't know that. You could have said something. Anyway, she's driving and driving and driving and driving, and then she just stops to just cry. 
and then um, pan over to the right, and her friend who was killed is just just like says her name and then like goes to kill her, but she's still badly damaged. So that is the theatrical ending. I saw this movie by myself. Uh, and had to drive home in the dark by myself, and that was the ending of the movie, so I had, like, my dome light on and, like, my windows down, and I was just, like, singing songs real loud, and just, like, this is the longest 20 minutes of my life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, so that was... It's it's a it's not too bad of a movie. I know that there's a sequel that I just... I don't even think, I think made it to theaters or something. It was um, a straight-to-DVD thing, I think. Probably. Uh, oops, not... I tried to type in The Descent, and instead just the video game Descent came up. Um, so, my number two, uh, I know this is going to be on someone else's list, is what? Did you skip one? No. Number three was The Descent. Okay. Ghostbusters, yeah. Nightmare, right. Descent. Number two, yeah. The Thing. John Carpenter's The ah, Thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's like... That's his number one. Yeah, I have two tied for number one, and the thing is one of is one of the number ones. So. Oh, okay, yeah. but I'm more curious on how it didn't get to your number one. But we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, you'll understand. Um, okay. The <laughs> the thing uh, I love the practical effects in that. I love. Oh, they're the best. Yeah, I love. Um, this is if you've ever watched the commentary, there is the part. Um, spoilers. Who cares? This whole episode is going to be spoilers. Um, yes. When they so you they rescue the dog in the beginning they don't realize that's the alien and they uh just let him kind of walk around there's a scene of the dog uh walking down a hallway slowly in the arctic i know Uh, exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah and so john carpenter on the commentary he mentions how this dog was given no directions there were no treats they just let this dog walk in the hallway and that's all the dog just wandering slowly and like looking into rooms and then looking into the lobby and the parlor and stuff that was none of that was like he wasn't guided or anything down that hallway um well i was gonna yeah i was gonna say in that scene there's in that scene too you know how he walks into the room and then the shadow of the person turns around to look at him yeah uh they purposely made that shadow to not be anybody in the cast oh so that you didn't know who the person that was being infected was. Oh, okay. So if you look at it, if you look at that shadow, that shadow does not fit the silhouette of anyone that's in the movie. That's cool. Yeah, that was a cool little thing that they did. But yeah, it's a good. Uh, this is almost kind of another psychological horror too, because oh, everybody's yeah. going insane trying to figure out paranoia, this anxiety. Yeah, this alien picks them off one by one. I don't know if I even need to say what the plot of the thing is at this point, but. Um, and they're in Antarctica, so they can't go anywhere really. Uh, or if they do, Kurt die Russell anyway. is fantastic. Yeah, Kurt Russell is very good. All the um, uh, what's his name, the Beatus guy, is in this. Wilford Brimley without a mustache. <laughs> yeah, which is very weird. And I told Rachel that, and she's like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "Yes, it yes, is." Yes, He's it just is. clean shaven, and it's very strange. Yeah. Um, and I like then, Keith David too. Yeah, everybody in this is good. Uh, and then my number one, number one. Probably not surprising to anybody once I say it is Ridley Scott's Alien. You know what? We debated. I couldn't. I really wanted to put Aliens, but I started looking at it and I saw it more as a sci-fi action yeah. movie. It is. And I was like, I can't. I can't put Alien on mine because I think Aliens is a better movie. But so I knew you probably would put it on there. Yeah. So. The Alien uh, movies are my Star Wars. Um, the, They're uh, so good. That the f- one is. The first Alien movie, I saw it younger than I should have, and I did. I, I was afraid I of the, too. the dark for my childhood because of it. But it's it, uh, even though it came out before The Thing, but after what the movie The Thing is based on, yeah, 
Um, Alien is, is very similar to the thing in that there is one creature taking out the crew one by one, um, and that's also what drives the paranoia. Um, but it kind of it was one of the first roles to have a badass female star, um, yep. yeah. which and it did it very well because nobody really saw nobody really saw anyone in the crew as the hero. I think at any point, maybe I think maybe the captain. Yes, I was going to say him. Maybe at one point, just because he was the captain and he was. But he gets knocked orders. off real early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did talk about. I don't remember if it was on a podcast or not, but Corey and I, I think talked about one part that hasn't aged well, and it's that part that we laugh yeah. at, honey. Um, yeah. yeah, with the jazz Hunt hands. Me. Yeah, because I think that's when the cap isn't that when the captain dies. He's going through with their like homemade. Yeah, somebody's going through a tunnel, and it pans over, and it like grab. And it the thing is, it just stays on it a little too long. Just too long because it's just like have, a couple seconds too long. Yeah, they have the motion tracker. And then he's he's in an air shaft with it or something, and like it stops, and he pans one way with the flashlight or something, or with a flamethrower, yeah. he pans the other way, nothing's there, and then suddenly Jazz Hands Alien is like, ta-da, yeah. or like, gotcha, you know, like he's going to yeah. tickle him. Um, there's a couple movies on my list where it's these are almost perfect movies in my eyes, but there's one scene that oh, just yeah, kind of yeah. like takes you out of it. So. Right. But yeah, the alien that was all a guy in a costume, um, there was no CG or any of that crap. And it does nope. a good job of like taking from 2001 and like 1984 and other stuff in terms oh, of... Oh, the chestburster scene's so good. Yeah, chestburster because, scene. Mm-hmm. Well, the history behind that is because the actors didn't know what was happening either. Yeah. When the chestburster scene first happened, they didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So there's one, the one part where the one, the, the not... Sigourney Weaver character gets blood like all over her face and she's just like oh god oh god and it's so genuine and the chestburster scene actually that's the scene where this is like I said I think I talked about I asked a question on y'all's on Megavision's podcast once I would have loved to see everyone's reaction in the movie theater when that happened right because during the test screening people like freaked the fuck out yeah 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 Uh, Veronica Cartwright she played Lambert that was the girl that reacted the most to uh to that yeah it was great and Spaceballs version of it's great too so yep yep yep, <laughs> hello yep. my baby hello my dog <laughs> yeah it's pretty good so that's, that's that's a that's a pretty solid list yeah i'll recap it real fast five was ghostbusters four nightmare on elm street one three to descent to the thing one alien yeah so, i like that what about you all right rachel you're all up right. So I'll probably say what mine is and then do some fun facts about them, but my facts yeah, are more perfect. like special effects related facts. All right. Number and then five. Five <laughs> is Fright Night from 1985. Yeah. I okay. I was afraid no one would know what it was. Okay. No, that movie's great. And right. I actually like the remake too. Did you know about Oh, the, the one with David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with David Tennant, Colin Farrell, and then the guy that played uh he actually passed away a few years ago, yeah, but he plays. A, what's his name? He played uh, the Russian a. guy in the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. All right. So, um, some fun facts. Most of the 9.5 million budget was spent on special effects. Um, oh, yeah. Back to Ghostbusters. Huh? A ghost librarian puppet huh. that was originally made for Ghostbusters, but it was too scary, so it wasn't used in Ghostbusters <laughs> since it was oh. only PG. Was used in this movie for the climax when the uh, Jerry turns into the vampire bat. So they just repurposed yeah. that librarian puppet as a bat. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. for people that have never heard of the movie Fright Night, basically it's uh, this oh, yeah, kid This kid has a neighbor, and he's like, I think my neighbor's a vampire. And then things just keep escalating and escalating and escalating, and that's it. 
So yeah, <laughs> and it's just great. The cover is the best art I've seen in a long time on a movie. Like I love the cover of Fright. I just recently bought a DVD copy. I'm excited. We haven't watched that one yet no, this year, so to. I'm excited to watch it. Well, about the cover. Um, so she's got tons of fun bags so. <laughs> because uh, towards the end they asked for a that vampire to be made so there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of time and money left so they just said okay we'll do this but make sure it's only used for a few seconds because it's not going to look great um, so if you look at the makeup for that because it's um when Charlie's girlfriend turns so it's uh, they pretty much just blacked out her mouth put on some fake prosthetic teeth like on her upper lip and lower lip and it looked like crap like if you pause it you could just see you could see her actual teeth underneath it but um oh i do remember yeah they agreed yeah they agreed to only use it for a few seconds but it then ended up being the cover of the the movie so well the cover that i'm talking about the there's it's with the cloud and uh because i think there's multiple covers for fright night let me see Uh, what are you because i'm pretty sure she is the cloud i don't know it looks like it I don't know. Oh. Google it. Google. Yeah, what am I googling exactly? Uh, well, you keep talking, and we're gonna look it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, keep going, babe. All right. What's another one? Um, for Evil Ed's transformation, a full-size werewolf puppet was made, and it was actually the actor in the suit. But to make it look like he had like really thick saliva, they poured like a solution in his mouth, and they later realized that it was actually dental adhesive, and it was gluing his mouth shut. Cool. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, yeah. Early times. Yeah, we see what you're talking about with... Yeah. They blacked her mouth. Oh, yeah, you can see her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just, like, blacked out her mouth, but you could see her teeth behind it. Oh, my God, you're so right. That's great. I love it. I mean, that's why I love it. It's just, like, I love 80s special effects, because they're (laughs) practical and they're... It's so bad. Cheap and tacky. Yeah. Um, That's great. I love that. And then, well, pretty much all my movies are 80s, and a lot of the things I've found out were the contacts were, like, horrible for the actors, because back then I think they were glass. Yeah, yeah. They um, they were, they were, yeah, they were just, like, a pain to put in. Yeah. So for this movie, they actually put, like, glitter, because they made the contacts themselves. They put glitter in the contacts to uh, to make it achieve... To look like a yellow reflective quality. Like sparkly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was even worse. <laughs> you, They probably couldn't see out of them. No, no. God. That's terrible. Yeah. I forgot about Fright Night, though. That would have made my list, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's your... Was that number five? Yeah. Number four. All right, number four. <laughs> um, what do I got? Check your notes. Number four, I did Evil Dead 2. Okay, okay. yeah. That almost made my list. Army of Darkness almost, actually almost made my list. What do you got about that, huh? I got. Um, well, this is also about the contacts. The actors that were possessed were blind when they were wearing the contacts. <laughs> so they pretty much acted from... They would rehearse their scenes to figure out where everything was. And, like, the voices of the people is where they figured out where they were also. Man. So there's the fun fact about Evil... So, again, with Evil Dead 2, if you haven't watched it, it's Yeah, you can explain them. I'll just do my facts. Yeah, that's fine. I'll explain <laughs> them. I, I know a lot of these movies. So Evil Dead 2... That's fine. Uh, I mean, I mean, Evil Dead series. It stars Bruce Campbell. If you don't know who Bruce Campbell is, look him up. He's amazing. He's I have his autobiography, which is called If Chins Could Kill. So... <laughs> And uh, it's a very good autobiography, but it's basically these four. Actually, no, that's the first one. Uh, the second one is this guy named Ash takes his girlfriend out to a cabin in the woods. They find a book called the Necronomicon, and they summon demons. Uh, but a fun, f- well, I have a fun fact. I don't know. Go ahead. The 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 second movie is just 
the first movie but with a bigger retold again but with a bigger budget the first movie was a college film and yeah. actually it's not really established until later in the movie that ash is even like the main character but in evil dead 2 it's established from the beginning that ash is like the very charismatic you know all that stuff but anyway go ahead rachel <laughs> well about that fun fact they actually, because they would have flashbacks in the second one to the first mm-hmm. one, but they couldn't yeah. actually use the scenes from that because they didn't have the rights to it. So they had to refilm all the older scenes from the first movie, oh, which is okay. why some people don't consider it a remake, essentially. They consider it a sequel because none of the scenes were used from the first one. Okay, yeah. that's so interesting. Either way. Feel, but okay. yeah. I do like, there's a really goofy part where uh, his girlfriend's se- her headless body comes out of the shed with the uh, chainsaw. And like, it's like, kind of like, at one point, it's just like a uh, chest up and you see these arms holding it, but it's kind of like, like goofy little w- wiggly <laughs> arms. And at one point, like, the reason, the whole reason, like, he is able to defeat her is, like, he pushes the chainsaw back into her body. Oh, and, like, yeah. Evil Dead is a movie I saw way too young. <laughs> and actually, mess. so I watched Evil Dead 2 first. So that's what messed me up. Is I was like, I watched Evil Dead 2, and I was like, well, I want to watch the first one. And I watched the first one, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? This is just basically, like, the same movie. But there's a scene in the first Evil Dead where Ash, I think it's the guy, the other guy in the movie gets possessed. And he actually sticks. I'm always it, it, eyes mess with me, like in horror movies, when you when you if like someone pushes a thumb through an eye or something like that. I'm like, oh god, that that just looks like it hurts so bad. And that's exactly what Ash does in the first one: is he pushes both of his fit thumbs through the actor's eyes, and it's just fountains of blood coming out. And I'm just like, I'm loving this, but also I'm a little queasy. So, um, what else do I got? So the zombie, I think they referred to her as Henrietta. Um, yes. It was actually played by Sam, is this, how do you say his last name? Rami? Rami. 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 It was actually his little brother was in a full latex bodysuit. Yep. And they then, talk about that in the in the autobiography, yeah. Yeah, and it was so hot in North Carolina where it was filmed that at the end of the day, the special effects crew had to, like, take out his sweat of the suit in, like, liters. Ew. Because it yeah. was so hot. They had to hose it off and, like, it was just tons yeah. of sweat. Yeah, yeah. The last fun fact, um, when Ash, like, when the blood's coming out of the walls and he gets, like, totally drenched in blood, they poured so much blood on him that when he would blow his nose the next two weeks, he had red snot. Oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, That movie has so many awesome scenes. The laughing scene is fantastic with the deer on the wall. And that's all that's like a ton. I'm pretty sure all of that was practical, too. Yeah, it was like that movie. So we need to rewatch that. I don't know. I didn't watch the new remake of the Evil Dead. I heard it was. It's it's totally different. It's totally different. Okay. But I mean, I mean, I I just want to see Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. (laughs) He's not in that one. I know. Yeah. Stay for the credits. Okay. Sam Raimi also directed the best Spider-Man movies. Yeah, sure he did. (laughs) Oh, boy. Spider-Man 2 is great with Tobey Maguire. (laughs) There was a good fight scene in it. All right. Anyway, Anyway, that's a different podcast. Number something. (laughs) What are we on? Was that three? Number three. Number two. Number two. It's going to be Scream. Number three, Scream. Ooh. Um, I just love Wes Craven so much. Yeah. Um, Uh, Well, Scream also revitalized the slasher film. Yeah. Because it was basically a dead genre. Right. And uh, Scream brought it back. Also, I'm like, I really liked, uh, what's her name? Uh, she was in Party of Five. The main, is Nev Campbell? Nev Campbell, yep. I really like, my dad had a crush on Nev Campbell because they watched Party <laughs> of Five growing up. So he really liked Scream. And then it's got Scooby-Doo in it. Or it's got Shaggy, not Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the, the it's got, it's got Shaggy. Dogs in it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. 
sorry, I'm sorry. You can go ahead. Oh, do you want to summarize it? Was 1996 when yeah. this came out? Oh, that one came out in '96. The first yeah, scream, yeah. So that that I was just gonna say that brings up like like the '80s uh, slashers were definitely from the '80s. But um, when did New Nightmare come out? Because that was another that was very much '90s. But I was that oh that was '94. No, that was '94. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Scream was 96, though. But anyway, Scream, if I can remember correctly, I haven't watched it in a long time, but Scream is basically about a serial killer that pops up, Ghostface, and he's killing people, but he's also killing them in, like, the style of, like, 80s movies, like... Like in the very beginning, you have Drew Barrymore, and she's being she's on the phone. Isn't yeah, she? she's on the phone with him, and she's he's he's quizzing her. He's like, "Who is the like if if you can tell me who this if you answer this question correctly, I'll let you live." And the whole thing is like in Friday the Thirteenth, who was the bad guy? She's like Jason Voorhees, and he's like, "Wrong, oh, bitch!" Right. <laughs> it was Jason's mother, and I'm just like, "Ah, oh, this is crazy." But come to find out later in the movie, it's actually Nev Campbell, and like because Courtney Cox is a news reporter and. Uh, her husband at the at the time, uh, what's his name? Well, he wasn't the husband then. That's how they met. Well, yeah. they, he was on an episode of Friends, and they met there first, but they didn't get together until the first. The screen. cop deputy Dewey or whatever. Uh, no, that's David, some scary movie. <laughs> David Arquette. Well, what, no, what was his name in Scream? Well, they called him something. Well, the original name for this movie was Scary Movie. And yeah, they changed but I mean, it to Scream. What was the cop's name in Scream? Dewey. Okay, do it. Yeah, I'm not wrong. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's scary movie. It's Officer Doofy. I think. Let me sum up the movies. Well, I'm sorry. I, this is the one that I'm like, I like it, but I also haven't seen it in years. So, well, for you're not probably, seeing for, it in years, you explain Maybe it you'll well. forget the twist if you watch it again. The twist. Definitely, yeah. It's. Uh... Was I you? Was I not impressed with the twist when we watched it, honey? Because like I saw it for the first time last year. Yeah, I watched you it made yesterday. Me watch it. Why? <laughs> what? Without me, she loves Wes Craven. <laughs> Damn it! I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, and I'm not usually into slashers or like stuff like that because when I first watched it, I was like, uh, "Am I gonna like this? I'll watch it because it's Wes Craven." And I just, yeah, I love the series. Well, we got another iconic horror villain now yeah. because, I mean, even, like, if you see people whenever they do, like, art of, like, you know, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, uh, Leatherface, Ghostface is usually in there, too. Mm-hmm. And I think we you mentioned to me, babe, how this was one of the first slasher enemies that wasn't an original thing. Like, it was taken from something else, from the, the screen painting, and this mask was already, like, in Halloween yeah, stores um, just as a costume. They actually nothing. found the mask when scouting for locations, and then they had, since they didn't have rights to the actual Halloween mask, they had a prop team make one similar. So they mm, took it from okay. something else and kind of made it their own, and that came to be Ghostface. And then also, Ghostface, like, robe was originally going to be white, but they didn't do that because, like, it would just look bad if he was just... <laughs> Not as menacing. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it would start resembling, like, KKK shit yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it was that, too. <laughs> I'm sure somebody yeah. probably okay. told him that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, any other fun facts? But, like, a lot on? of gore scenes were taken out yeah. also because it was threatened that they would get an NC-17 rating. Whatever. Mm. And then the um, the executive producer the executive producer told, who was, who's the people that rate things? MPAA? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Not the ESRB. ESRB. That's for Whatever. video games. <laughs> um... Uh, but he pretty much told them, like, view it as a comedy, and it worked. So they only rated it an R movie. Which, like, some scenes are pretty funny in there. Like, I don't really consider it a horror as much, because it's not really scary. It's more of, like, a dumb teenager slasher movie. Like, if it wasn't for the gore, it would be on this, almost the same lines as Ghostbusters in terms of a horror comedy. Mm. If it wasn't for the gore. Okay. 
the actual yeah. killings. Anyway, is there any <laughs> other fun facts? Yeah, or? that's that's good. So what's All this right. is number two. Number two is Nightmare, another Wes Craven. Um, let me see if I can elaborate on, since we already talked about it, I'll just do like one or two fun facts. Okay, so you're talking about Nightmare 1. Yeah. Okay, okay. 1984. Um, that one's so good. Robert so, England just so, steals the show. Mm-hmm. All right, so I just love all the stupid special effects. The first one I think that's like one of the iconic ones with Freddy when we're first introduced is when he has those like super long arms in the alley. Oh, God. And it's like scratching. So, um, to do that, they had two dudes with fishing rods on, like, each side really? of him, and they just had him on hooks with the puppet arms. <laughs> so, like, so he stuff was like that is, like, super cheap. Yeah. What? That's unnecessary for him to even be in that scene. Uh, whatever. Huh. Um, I already crazy. did the rotating scene. They got ac- action figures of it and everything. Oh, and also, one more, the melting staircase scene when Nancy's going down the stairs is said they did that by using pancake mix oatmeal glue and or mushroom soup oh, that's, that's what I love about the behind the scenes stuff is <laughs> yeah, just how like they made just, all this grotesque stuff you don't even have to like have like a special effects degree and do all that you just like oh. throw shit on some stuff. it's like that in sound works. design you're like we need to make this sound like stuff and it like I think uh, I think it, it, actually in the exorcist uh, when uh, her head does the full 360 turnaround the sound of that is just a wallet crunching yeah a leather wallet <laughs> yeah it's that like just simple things like that just to like accentuate things so yeah yeah i remember um just foley artists like earning their pay in the fallout 3 behind the scenes crap i remember someone tell me anytime you pick up something like you pick up something from trash or whatever or even if it's bottle caps that was somebody just literally rustling rustling around in their hands a granola bar wrapper <laughs> that's that awesome noise. But now like, like, nowadays, even, everyone's like, we got to get like over the top sound files. I'm like, no, you don't. No. <laughs> or like the most iconic, one of the most iconic sounds, the lasers in Star Wars. That's just them going out to uh, telephone wires and hitting them with like bats or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, something crazy. Did you have any other fun facts on here? Are we going to your number um, one? Well, since you already talked about Nightmare, I don't want to get too much into okay. it. Okay. Number one. Uh, number one is what got me into horror movies, so to, which is why I picked it, because I saw it when I was super young. So it might not really be considered horror, but it's Beetlejuice. All right, um, yeah. 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 Nice fucking model. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that scene's great. Nice fucking model. He grabs we didn't, crotch. We saw goes, that. Oh, we, um, we, um, that movie's great. We saw that. We used to live near a one-screen theater, and we went. They had Beetlejuice playing, so we went and saw it. No. And, no, it was in your apartment when we was first started then? dating. When Did we, we like it. pause it and rewind it? Yeah. I've only ever seen like the TV version, and they yeah, cut that part and, out. And he says, "Nice fucking model." And we both look at each other. We're like, "What?" <laughs> we gotta rewind it and see. Did he say that? And we're like looking at the bot. We're like looking at the look up the rating, like PG. We're like, "What the fuck?" Well, back then, I think with PG yeah. or PG thirteen, you were allowed like one F word. Yeah. So you had to make uh, it PG-13 count. PG thirteen, you were. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, they got it. But. In. Uh, Michael Keaton's so good in that movie. That is, I will stand by. That is his best yeah. work. A and very uh, young Alec Baldwin. Yeah, she had to point it out to me. Like a couple scenes into the movie, when we were watching, I was like, "That's not it." Oh. Yes, he hated it that is. movie. He hated Alec it. Baldwin. Alec Baldwin did? hated it. Why? Um, I don't know. He just he's like that's one of his least favorite roles because he just didn't like the movie. That and is he, such an all star cast: Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Gina Davis Michael Winona Keaton, Winona Ryder. You have the right. mom from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the other yeah, guy, yeah. what's the 
the dad. He's in a bunch of movies, but he I can the never remember his name. In Ferris Bueller. He was the principal. Uh, he was in a lot of Tim Burton movies. He was in yeah. Sweetie Todd. All that. Jeffrey stuff. Jones, very regular. That's name, right. But yeah. Yep. Anyway, sorry, Rachel. Go ahead and give us your fun facts on Beetlejuice. Um, I, yeah, I probably don't need to explain what the movie's about because it's... No, if you've yeah. walked into a hot topic in the past ten years, you know yeah. Beetlejuice. You know um, who Be- Tim Burton is, all that shit. Right. So the snake scene, uh, that's like him going down the stairs, that was filmed before Michael Keaton was even cast. So um, they like had to reshoot it with an animatronic. Or the animatronic just did not look like him at all. So when they reshot it, they added a stop motion thing, so it looked like Oh, Michael okay. Keaton. Yeah, so that was shot first because Michael Keaton's only in it for like he's not in it very minutes. long. Yeah, he's yeah, he's in only it. He's he not, only I shot for like two weeks. Twenty, even twenty minutes into it. So they had shot a lot of it before up. he was even cast because he was barely in it. That's pretty cool. But um, that, that movie is that movie is really good. I actually started watching the cartoon first. Oh, so and I watched, and then I was like, "What's this base off of?" And as a kid, I went back and watched Beetlejuice, and and then that was about the time that Edward Scissor, I like, I watched Edward Scissorhands and all that stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, this director is really weird." <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's that is a list I did not see. Like that's a lot re- of movies I didn't five to one yeah. real quick. All right, so one Beetlejuice, right. two. That's I was fine. Say go from five to one, but whatever. No, I'm fine. going one to five. All right. So one, <laughs> one Beetlejuice. Two, uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Three, yep. a Scream. Four, Evil Dead Two, and five, Fright Night. That's a really good list. That's really good. All right. Well, I'm gonna save mine for last. Oh, it's so my turn. Hallie gets. Uh, we've gotten. She's gotten to ease up and talk a little bit more, so she's doing good. So let's start with your. But you don't really have yours numbered from one to five, though, right? No, but I'll just go down the list like I have them written. Okay, yeah. So let's just start off with your first one. Okay, my first one that I have is Children of the Corn. I've never actually seen mm-hmm. that. Uh, a lot of... Uh, so to just talk about your list a little bit, your list is going to be a lot more old school. Yes. Because that's the kind of stuff you grew up on. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, Children of the Corn uh, is... Uh, what 1984 released March 9th 1984 oh I have a I have a January 1st date for that that's a weird release so yeah it looks like you had January 1st down yeah one source I said that showed it was January 1st but then I saw it again and it said March 9th so it might have been different that's a weird date for a movie January January 1st 1st. is a really weird release day yeah yeah Usually January movies, too, are like, here's the month where nothing is going to do well. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. People are just recovering from Christmas. They're like, ah. Well, and I think November. But yeah, tell us about this movie or why you like it. Okay. I mean, it's by Stephen King. I love anything Stephen King. We have the same birthday, so we've always been connected. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Just one of those that I've watched since I was really young. Yeah. Which is really strange. Well, this has, Um, uh, what's, it has, uh. What's her name? We saw when we were just Linda looking. Hamilton. Yeah, Linda Hamilton yeah, from, from Terminator. Terminator. It's. I think this was before she did Terminator, isn't it? Uh, Terminator came out. I don't know what the year Terminator came out. This might have been between Terminator One and Terminator Two. Yeah, first Terminator I think came out early nineteen eighties or something like that. So but, Linda uh, Hamilton is uh, Sarah Connor, right? Yeah, yeah, she's Sarah Connor. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, the... give us the rundown of what the movie is. Okay, well, it's about these small children. Okay. And they are members of a cult based around <laughs> corn. All right. Um, they follow this entity called He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Okay. And they live in this really small town in Sebastian in Nebraska, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> and eventually they kill all the grown ups. 
all right then spoilers so <laughs> i mean that's like the first five seconds of the movie so oh is it's it not really like a secret oh okay okay uh yeah, yeah they also made like tons of sequels that's, to this that's too. how that's how the that's yeah. how the movie starts okay is these children killing all the grown-ups also just like freaky little kids like that even as a kid yeah. freaked me out I'm yeah like, no not dealing with it aren't they all no that's a different movie i thought they were all like white haired and all that stuff that's a different that's, um i know what movie you're talking about yeah that's different Children of the Damned? No. Oh, Village Village of the Damned? Village, village yeah. of the Damned, Maybe. where they're all like albino kids or something white like that. Hair, white know, hair, white like skin, that. like glowy yeah. eyes and all that. Uh, Simpsons made fun of it in one episode, so that's how I remember it. But uh, no, I've actually never seen Children of the Corn, but I've always, I always remember seeing the the cover art. The cover art is the red with the, red with the silhouette of the, the scythe and all that. But yeah, yeah, it's based off of a very short story. I don't think that short story is very long that Stephen It King. was a part of his, um, it was that release where he had multiple short stories. Okay. What was that called? Uh, yeah, let's pull it up real quick. Uh, it's actually shown in the book. Linda Hamilton is reading that book. Oh, uh, oh night, cool. it's, yeah, it's on her, uh, the dashboard too. It's like a uh, night, night shift. Night shift. Night shift. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking to her real quick, I'll just throw this in because I found it after you guys mentioned it. Um, the, regardless of the release date, we couldn't figure out for Children of the Corn. It definitely came up before the first Terminator movie. Okay. Oh, okay. So this was one of Linda Hamilton's first roles. Okay. Though. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and what's the, you have this written down. Is this, uh, Isaiah 11, what is that, 11, 6? It was based off of the the bible verse 11:16 that it ha- involves a child shall lead them okay yeah it's like a, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll i'll read the quote i'll read the the verse here it says and the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling the fatling together and a little child shall uh lead them lead them so this is one of those movies where i've always like i said i saw it all the time but I, as a young I'll get more into mine when I start talking about it, but I was not allowed to watch these movies at all as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies as a kid and all that stuff. My mother so. advocated it. That's really Because weird. of her, I watched all these movies. Oh, okay. As a very small child. All right. Well, let's. that was your number. Well, we'll say that was your quote-unquote number five. That was five. my five, yeah. yeah. So let's go mm-hmm. to your next one. Okay, my next one is Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've actually, I watched that in school. <laughs> no, really? They showed it in. They showed it in school, or at Why? least parts of it, or something. I don't know. It's like a film class. Mm, it was an English class, I remember. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the movie's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. It was released on March 29th of 1963. Not the Tom and... Hanks one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the burbs. I was That's surprised the nobody had Psycho, so I was yeah. like, this yeah. Is so, mine. like, I personally like Psycho more mm-hmm. than I like the birds because the birds starts off very like. It's kind of like like it, it the way the way that it was described is they said that it was a screwball comedy that turns into this like horror massacre. Because it, yeah, it's very like this woman like mm-hmm. comes to this town and like for this and like meets up with this man and the man mm-hmm. and it's very like 1960s. The man's yeah. like you're gonna stay here. It's like a meet cute, you know? They're gonna yeah, fall in love. It's so weird. No, they get attacked oh, yeah. by birds. Yeah. Uh, What's funny is this movie is nothing like the short story, though. He he bought the rights. He called up his screenwriter, and he was like, you know, we're going to scrap this whole thing, and we're pretty much just going to keep the premises that this very small town is going to get attacked and killed by birds. I do. Right. I, I, I feel like this sparked 
So the birds sparked a lot of if you, you you can go through history and look at horror movies too some just some terrible knockoffs mm-hmm. from the birds. Uh, oh, but yeah. it's actually a pretty scary premise like something just clicks in the birds where they're just like we want to like they just start attacking everything. Yeah, that's it's like it's very Hitchcockian because it's like very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It never goes into like detail why these birds are attacking people. You don't get yeah. the thirty minute exposition. No, that you there's would no in... explanation whatsoever, and it's yeah, and it's like only isolated in this very small Bay California town. Yeah, and like they used majority of real birds. Um, really? Um, oh my! Yeah, when they did um, any kind of special effects, it was called matte te- techniques. And Ub Iwerks, who was actually one of the creators of Mickey Mouse for Disney, he came in and did all those matte techniques for really? Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Also, like, I still just remember, like, because he had a show, right? Alfred Hitchcock did. Yeah. And just, it's, his sil- it's not even a silhouette. It's like the outline of his face. Oh, yeah. And then his the big profile. old belly. And then he just <laughs> walks into And I just, I don't remember the song. I faintly remember the song. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing it as a kid. And even just seeing that, I was like, this is creeping me out. Like, this is yeah. just really creepy. But I like Psycho. I really like Psycho. Psycho's yeah, there's, really like, this one famous scene in the movie where Tippy, um, Hedron, the main character, is trapped in the attic with all of these birds. And this scene actually caused her to have a nervous breakdown. Really? Oh. Because cause these are real birds. Yeah, she can't... And he, they attached these birds to her by, like, strings of nylon, so the birds could not fly away. Oh, my God. And, like... Um, Hitchcock would fling like seagulls at her and one of them eventually like pecked through one of her eyelids. Holy oh, like, she had she had like a legit nervous breakdown and had to be off of filming for like three weeks to recover well, from this. This is this comes from the time also this uh, relates to the Exorcist too. Or The Exorcist also, not The Exorcist 2. But, because uh, that's a terrible movie. But, uh, this is that time where the director is like, you're an actor, act. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, there were some, there were some questionable exactly things done. Yeah. <laughs> Strong yeah. unions. No, like, if you tried any of this shit nowadays, you know, it would be on Twitter the next day. Like, yeah. oh my god, he made uh, me Twitter, do this. birds, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but do you have any more facts about the birds? No, that's that's about all I've got for the birds. All right. So number three. Okay, the next one I have is The Exorcist. Yeah. The ex- I feel like no horror countdown should be complete without The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist. Uh, I just recently, so uh, we watched it, but Red Letter Media has recently recently came out with a review uh, review is their like very like Siskel and Ebert sit down, let's talk about this movie kind of thing. Oh, and it's spelled like re colon view as yeah, well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's kind of like an email. And uh, but they talk about the Exorcist, and I have a lot to talk about on this movie mm-hmm. too. Uh, I have never seen this movie. Oh, I have not either. We were gonna watch it last year, but yeah, it's it's up there. It didn't did. make my list, but it's one of my favorites too. I was specifically out of. All the horror movies that existed, I was specifically not allowed to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, interesting. This movie was not allowed to be on in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. It was because so the story of it is my mother saw it in a basement when she was six years old. What? Oh, my. That's way too young. And it traumatized her. She still to this day, she is, I think, mid 50s now. 
she cannot deal with it. And she's just like, she said, if you watch that movie, she swears to this day that they were watching that movie and very, very paranormal things started happening in her house. Like they lived in an old house up in Illinois. And they, at one point, I don't think this was because of the exorcist, but she has told a story where there was, she said as a kid, she could just feel something was in that house. And there was a plaque that they had upstairs that said, God bless this house or that God bless this home. And like one night it was like flung downstairs and all this other. So <laughs> there's Scotty's got all some real hard hmms in there. So I don't know, but it's those stories that your parents tell you as a kid. You're just like, Oh, this is pretty messed up. And I would say too, watching this movie nowadays, it's very tame yeah. compared to what we see nowadays with like the conjuring and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty, there's some parts that are pretty still messed up. Like that are hard, very hard to watch. Oh, I really? mean, there's okay. there's the whole, like, lick me scene. Like, <laughs> that's that's yeah. really rough. Uh, and it's not even really, like, the whole head turning and all that stuff yeah. isn't really. The spider walk. The spider walk. That's pretty freaky. Uh, but, well, you got some trivia about the movie as well. Um, I do. Oh, wow, that first one. <laughs> yes, Linda Blair, she received a lot of death threats from, like, religious groups. Glorifying. Glorifying Satan. Glorifying. I mean, this came out in 70. Three? Three? Yeah, she look was a how child. fun Satan is. And it's clearly her fault as a child. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's religious nuts for you, so... We met her a couple years ago. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got her to sign something. Yeah, and, I have her I guess, picture in the living room. If you ever see her at conventions, buy whatever she's selling because it goes towards helping animal shelters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty dope. Uh, mm-hmm. To backtrack, too, the movie's directed by William uh, Friedkin. Friedkin? And uh, written by William Peter Blatty, who also wrote the book, and uh, he wrote the movie as well. Oh, that's a rare occurrence. Good Very <laughs> rare occurrence. And what's funny is I have a little, I have some trivia that you don't have on this just from watching that review is uh, there were, I can't remember the main actress's name, the mom. I don't know what her actual name was. Uh but for her role, there were other people that were actually uh, chosen or want, they wanted to be in that role. Was One of them was Audrey Hepburn, Aubrey Hepburn mm-hmm. or Audrey Hepburn. But they wouldn't huh. go to Rome. Yeah, she, I guess she lived in Rome and uh, she wanted it to be or filmed France. there. It was Rome, I think. Was it Rome? And uh, well, the thing is, if you look at the history of the movie... Georgetown is where it's filmed at. Right. And that is... Specifically, it had to be filmed. They specifically had to have it filmed there because, you know, the writer and the director... And what's funny is the director's actually... He actually had no prior horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was actually a documentarian. And that's the whole reason... Uh, That uh, kind of explains a lot about it, though. Yeah. Yeah, Because they wanted to to shoot it as real as possible. Right. So, but... uh, also, Jane Fonda was, uh, was up for the role, but she was very but like everybody hated her at that yeah, time. Yeah, she was like <laughs> capitalist pig bullshit and all this other stuff. So I don't know, but cool. uh, but what I else? Mean, you got? Yeah, capitalists aren't cool, but that's cool. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think we should still talk. We're gonna finish up. We got some more stuff to talk about the Exorcist because I like I said I haven't seen this movie, but I want to watch it so badly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what else we got? I've got a couple more. I won't go into all of them, but there's one that I really think that you'll like. It's the first horror film to ever be nominated for Best Picture. The oh. only one after that was Get Out. Really? Yes. I, th- I think I remember hearing that. I took a film class in college that was like a fun fact. Okay. Well, The, the Exorcist ex- was... The Exorcist is crazy. There, oh, that's what I was going to say is when we were talking about, you know, an actor, a director telling an actor to act. So during the lick me scene, uh, <laughs> there's a part where Linda Blair's character uh, pushes her mother back. 
and she's actually you can see when she's pu- she's being pulled right. by uh, the stunt coordinator or something like that. And there was a part where they were testing it, and she's like, "Hey, don't pull me that hard." It hurts. And uh, the director just kind of looked over at him. He's like, just give her a real good hard one. So when they pull her in the movie, the shot they take, she actually had to be taken to the hospital because I think she like fractured her tailbone or something like that. And uh, but they got the shot. (laughs) And uh, but even then, she was still in the interview or uh, there's a there's a version of the Blu-ray that you can get that just like an anthology that has like everything about the first movie. And she talks about in her interview. She's like, yeah, I was a little mad. Because, you know, I told them not to do that, but that's, yeah, it's crazy that you could, I'm not going to go through the entire review, but you should go watch it. It's a really cool, it's a really cool thing. And, uh, where I definitely need to sit down and watch it. Quit get looking at me like that. <laughs> so, she's tried to get me to watch it multiple times this week, but I've been so busy doing crap that I haven't. Cause the movie's like a two hour. It's a pretty fairly long mm-hmm. movie, right? All right. So that was your number three. So what do we got for number two? Okay. Number two. <laughs> I, I've got no input on this movie because I've never <laughs> seen this movie. <laughs> number two is Rosemary's Baby. Another one I haven't seen. I've seen. I've seen it once a while ago. Yeah. I just that the was one another with one. Mia Farrow or the one with Zoe Saladina. The, the first one. Name? The first one. So she's seen the original the first one. one. Uh, Again, this was another one that was not allowed in my house because it (laughs) dealt with demonics. Like, so, but I'm going to let you. Hail hail Satan. Well, (laughs) if no one's ever, like, seen it, it's hard to. Well, no, just give us the facts that you've got about it then. I mean, it's basically like this new married couple rents this apartment in New York. Okay. And she has all these really crazy, like, eccentric old neighbors. Okay. And they are part of a satanic cult. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's how I felt in my one apartment, where I thought I was just going to grow <laughs> right. old and die. Uh, from your notes here, it looks like it's... Uh, oh, it, it was directed by Roman uh, Polatsky. Yeah. I didn't know he did that. Okay. Uh, it's based on a novel by... Ira. Ira Levine? Levine? Levin. Levin? Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible mm-hmm. with names, so... Uh, you have Mia Farrow here. I believe she's the act maid. She she's is. the mother. She is. The, she's the actress. She was also in The Omen, by the way. The o- Oh, the yeah. OG Omen. Okay. This the is new a- Omen. The new Omen. Okay. This, this is interesting. You have this for The Exorcist, yes. too, for Jack Nicholson. Um, in The Exorcist, Jack Nicholson was up for the part of Father Karras, is okay. who's the, the younger priest. Okay. And they said no to him because they thought he was too sinister. They did not think he could pull off a priest. <laughs> well, I mean, even just looking at uh, him in the face, he's got a very, like, I'm crazy as shit yes. kind of look. <laughs> yes. But who yeah, they didn't pick, I can't I can't think of his name, but the actor that they picked for Father Karras was perfect. Jason Miller. Jason Miller. He was there's a one shot in the there's a shot in the Exorcist from what I've seen. There's a part where he's just like he's the priest that's like beaten down by the world and he's questioning his faith and all that. And there's a scene where he's just sitting on the couch and he's just like Ah oh, man, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> and it's and it's sometimes I feel like that just in my normal life. So <laughs> And it's the same for this movie. Jack Nicholson was up for the role of Mia Farrow's husband. And again, they thought he was too sinister, too crazy to be in this role. Can't help those eyebrows. Like, yes. <laughs> like younger Jack Nicholson is like, I love I love a lot of the movies he's in. This is interesting, too. It's one of Stanley Kubrick's favorite films. Yes. And uh, we all know he's crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so what do we got for since we don't since that's that's the problem with sometimes with that's why I wanted your input with your movies, because you have a lot of movies from an era where a lot of us haven't seen it or Mm -hmm. Rachel's seen them, but she's only seen them like once or twice or something like that. So that's why I wanted your perspective. So what is your number one? 
Oh, I forgot about this. Dramatic page turn. Oh, and and I'm not going to, like, when I edit the podcast, I'm not going to turn that page turn down. I'm going to keep it in. You take this one, because I have not seen this movie, but I have been chastised. I have been chastised by everyone that I've said I've not Uh, seen this movie. Here we go. These two are going to love it. My number one favorite is The Lost Boys. (gasps) Oh, man. Yay! And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and I'm just, I say every time, I mean, I know that, and I always ruin it. What is it? Death by stereo. Death by stereo. Cause I yeah. always say death by radio. But, uh, I was getting ready. I was like priming myself on Google here. Like I'm going to have to look it up to see what it's about or something. Oh, I don't need to look this up at all. No, not this one. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Is released there... in 87. Mm-hmm. It is the first of the two Quarries movies. Yep. Rest in <laughs> peace, Corey Haim. Rest in peace. Corey Haim and Corey Feldon. Yeah. It's got mm. Kiefer uh, Sutherland. Oh, uh, Kiefer loving. Sutherland's so sure good. Sure does. <laughs> he said, so sure does. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and they filmed it in only three weeks. Like, really? Wow. Super fast. Super fast. And this was the thing, too. We were kind of debating, like, is this a horror movie? Because it's more of like a thriller, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd never seen it. I was like, it's got vampires in it, so yeah, it's a horror They're movie. Eating people, it's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, like it's, I would um, say. It kind of that's not totally surprising. They did it three weeks because what were we watching, babe? They, to get around like not having a budget for making things or characters look like vampires, all those shots of where it's like coming in from the sky. That's so that yeah. they didn't have to create all these sculpts and molds and everything. Yeah. So they just made it. More, which I thought was cool. I thought, I mean, it had me fooled. I thought that's what they were going for is make it seem more like sweeping and dramatic. But no, they just couldn't make uh, vampire costumes. So yeah. they did to the POS instead, which was, or POV, POS. <laughs> wow, that's a different thing, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what else pick. we got here? Uh, what was it, every year? Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's really cool what you told yeah, me too. Yeah, Santa Cruz, where it was filmed, um, they have every year on their boardwalk, they screen the movie as part of like their summer free movie thing. That's um, cool. And because a lot of the places the movie was filmed are still there, it's the same. A lot of it was damaged during a earthquake, I think, in 89. Like okay. the comic book shop. Okay. And oh, two years else. after it was released. I don't remember released. what part, but. A lot of it's still the same, so they screen the movie every summer. Are you all right? That last one's pretty yeah, goofy. Yeah, and my favorite, <laughs> the favorite bit of trivia that I found of it was that Kiefer Sutherland was not at all interested in the role until he found out that that the soundtrack was going to include music by Ian 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 XS and, and oh Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that that's what trivia should be yes <laughs> trivia shouldn't be like oh uh you know uh benedict cumberbatch and robert downey jr both played sherlock holmes i'm like that's not trivia that's just facts this yeah. is just facts so <laughs> yeah all right, right. so t- that yeah i've always seen the previews i've always seen this and like i said i think this i'm gonna chalk it up to i wasn't allowed to watch a lot of scary movies growing up and uh, but i've always heard of the lost boys i mean they made two or three sequels Oh, uh, boy. Gosh. They're, I've heard they're not oh, great. Keeper Sutherland's son, Angus, is in those. Oh, is he? Yeah. Really? Uh, Corey Feldman's in them. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Because Corey Feldman's not getting a lot of work these days. Uh, I always remember Corey Feldman uh, from Bordello of Blood. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, the Tales from the, one of the Tales from the Crypt movies. Oh, no. I've been trying to find it. It's got. It doesn't have. It's not Dennis Leary. It's the other comedian around that time, Dennis something. Hopper. No. <laughs> 
It was the guy. He had a big beard and all that stuff. He had an HBO show and all that stuff. But, uh, I'm not sure. And I also love Demon Knight because Billy Zane. Because Billy Zane's awesome. I don't care what anybody says. It's the only reason I like the Titanic movie is because of Billy Zane. Mm. So, we, can we no. mention what the Lost Boys sequels were called? <laughs> if you know the them, tribe. go ahead. I, yeah, The Tribe and then The Thirst. Those are pretty good. I like those. So, quick rundown. So, uh, from number five to number one, what was your number, number five? Number five was The Children of the Corn. Number four. The Birds. Number three was The Exorcist. Exorcist. Number two, Rosemary. Rosemary's Baby. And then number one was, was The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. All right. That's a that's a pretty good list. I, I like how diverse these lists are. I think the only ones so far that we had that overlapped was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But I've got a list, and my list, I'm very happy with my list now that... I've heard everybody else's list. That's why I wanted to go last. So let me adjust my mic real quick. Move it over here to my face. So, num- I like I said, I picked six movies because I don't care. And uh, I'm going to start with, uh, how did we, let me see. Let me pull this list up real quick. So, number five, I'm going to start with Gremlins. <laughs> I absolutely, so I have a little backstory with the Gremlins. So Gremlins was directed, Gremlins was uh, released in 1984. It was directed by uh, Joe Dante, who actually directed the first Howling movie. So, and you oh, can see that. Boy. Yeah. So you can see that Joe Dante really likes Dutch. I don't know if it's Dutch angles, but he it's, I don't think it's Dutch angles, but he really likes shadow work. He really likes showing you something. And that's a really good way to save budget too is you show something transforming or something crazy happening, but you're showing it in the shadows. So lighting is a very big thing with Joe Tante. Uh, But this movie, I saw this movie when I was three years old, and I was terrified of this movie until I was 10 years old. (laughs) Like, it's... Like, traumatized. Like, literally scared, waking up in the middle of the night, crying because... Yeah, like, and my parents, you know, everyone, nobody raises a child perfectly. <laughs> like, I love my, my, I love my parents, but <laughs> probably shouldn't have saw this when I was that young. But as an adult now, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, this movie is all practical. Uh, besides one scene, uh, there is, it's all practical effects. For anyone that's ever seen Gremlins, this kid, his dad buys him a pet. It's called a Mogwai. And it comes with a whole list of rules that you can't. Then this is what's funny, too, is the whole list of Why rules are creatures ever created. But yeah, here's a pet. Yeah, basically. And the rules are so funny, too, because they in the second movie, Gremlins 2, they make fun of the mythos of Gremlins throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, but the whole thing is you can't get them wet. You can't put them in uh, direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't feed them after midnight, after midnight, which that's the one where you're just like, well, it's always after midnight. So like, how yeah, does this work? <laughs> Whatever. Needless to say, those rules get broken. Uh, Gizmo, the main character, the main Mogwai, who is always the happy. I don't ever understand this, though. Why is he the good one? Why is he always the good one? But any Mogwais that come out of him are just evil. The worst things ever. <laughs> Maybe he hit his head as a child and he doesn't know he's supposed to be evil. Just like so Goku, he right? just there like go. Goku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie is phenomenal. It uses puppets. It uses reverse photography. It uh, there's one scene, though. And it's right after, so they're starting to track down. They start realizing, like, after they eat after midnight, they turn into gremlins. The whole movie is all about anarchy, which I think is why I like the movie, because it's just like, nothing makes sense. Whatever. And there's a part where they track them all down. They've all, they've killed almost all of them, except for Spike. 
I like Spike because he has a mohawk. He's got the, He's got the white mohawk, and you know him. I you even know him as a Mogwai because he has the stripe. Or no, I'm sorry, it's not Spike. I think he's called Stripe. It's his name's Stripe, yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know why I thought it was Spike. I think Spike is the name of the I one think in Spike's the second the one. Second one. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, because he turns into the big uh the freaking spider gremlin, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, Stripe, uh he ju- he goes to the community pool and he jumps in the mm-hmm. pool and everyone's and that's an awesome scene too because you have all the smoke and the fog coming up and the different colors and you hear all the sound effects and uh this is the scene that doesn't hold up there's a stop motion scene and obviously back in 1984 they couldn't have done this but uh what they did was they used stop motion of miniatures and it shows them coming like all of them running down the street and it doesn't look good it looks very bad stop motiony and all that stuff but i as an adult now i absolutely love that movie uh, it's I would also put it as almost almost a perfect movie like I love how it just sets everything up it has its own world that it lives in and uh, and I also I unironically love the sequel because it makes fun of the first one and the second one is basically a Looney Tunes movie I haven't seen that one since it was since I was a kid so I wonder if it holds up at all with the forced humor I've gone back and watched it and I'm gonna say it does hold up I like it uh but we have different tastes, so. <laughs> uh, but we have a little, some more trivia on here. Apparently in Cantonese, Mogwai means devil, demon, or gremlin. Fun. The pronunciation, yeah. And also, the whole gremlins thing comes back from, uh, what is it? Uh, what is the show? I just had it in my head. Not Tales from the uh, Crypt. Uh, the old black and white show. one. Not oh. Creep Show. It's the old black and white one where it's like, this is a tale of such and Dark such. Shadow? No, it's not Dark Shadow. Twilight Zone? Twilight Zone, yes. This stemmed, oh. <laughs> it stemmed from one of the, the Twilight Zone's episodes where there's a gremlin on the wing. It also comes oh. from... Uh, oh. yeah, yep. yeah. It comes from World War II where there would be uh, of sightings of monsters or creatures that would get onto airplanes and just mess things up and they were dubbed gremlins and all that stuff. But yeah, the movie is great. I love this movie. And uh, if I you didn't got- know who did Gizmo's voice. Did you know that? I didn't, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh oh. Apparently, it's Howie Mandel. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Howie Mandel did that voice. I totally I forgot about that. that. Yeah. I don't like that the guy who blew up condoms with his head is the voice of. <laughs> and that's so funny that he did that because he's like a super germaphobe. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw him at a poker tournament once, like on TV, <laughs> and and he uh, he actually pulled out gloves. And he put gloves on and he handed everybody a pair of gloves. And he actually, it was a celebrity poker. And he had, Brian Cranston was on that episode. And uh, everyone just started like blowing the gloves up and like messing with them. And he was like, all right, whatever. And he just kept the gloves on because he didn't, he's such a germaphobe. So, yeah. All right. So the next one we're going to go to, and my wife loves this movie too. This is my number four, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, okay. Have you, have you seen that yes. one, honey? Okay. okay. I. Oh, that wasn't the reaction. I was expecting. No, the, your Lost Boys reaction got a little bit better than From Dust Till Dawn. But I. <laughs> I love this movie because strictly one George reason. Clooney. Well, this is George Clooney is I think this is George Clooney's best role that he's ever done. I I love how much of an asshole he is in the movie. I love I his love how mad he he's is. He's just the whole so movie. mad the whole movie. So <laughs> he's fed up. So this movie is when I saw it when I was younger, it starts off it's, it was directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez and it was uh released in 1996. Yeah. 1996 and Robert uh, Quint, every, I always think it's Quentin Tarantino that he directed it but he just did the screenplay with Robert Rodriguez. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, oh, and, he's just in and he's movie. in it. 
But the first yep. half of the movie, you're like, this is a really good cops and robber movie. Where they're robbing a bank, aren't they? They robbed a bank. A store or something? Yeah, and they're killing people along the way. Yeah, they, they had robbed hostages. a bank. Yeah. yeah. And the first, the beginning scene is awesome because it sounds, it's a, it's a, it's like a, not a terrorist negotiation, but it's a hostage situation. Yeah. But yeah, and then halfway through, it's just like, vampires, here you go. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit, this is awesome. But I, absolutely love this movie i don't like the sequels and i don't like the tv series that spawned from it <laughs> again how could you make this a series well bruce campbell's in the series right i oh, think he? so I, that's the only reason i ever wanted to watch the series but i haven't gotten to it yet yeah um, just watch ash versus the evil dead <laughs> yeah. But a little thing that's going into one of my later movies is Tom Savini is in this movie. Yes. And he plays Sex Machine. <laughs> Sex Machine is the biker. Of course, they end up in a biker bar in uh, in Mexico. Like they right the they cross the border. border. It's a guy. Cheech and Marin is there. Cheech Marin's in there talking about different kinds of lady parts. And yes. uh, he has three roles in this movie, if I remember correctly. He does. Yeah. What's the third one? I know he's a cop. He's in the bar. And he is a cop. Is he one of the okay, agents? Okay. He's uh, the drug dealer at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but this movie is uh, the Titty Twister is the bar's name. Yes, the Titty Twister. Uh, I also like Harvey Cattell. I think is the uh, his name. Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis is in it. Uh, yeah, but Tom Savini's character is awesome because he's a biker that has a cod piece that has a double barrel uh, revolver gun that comes out that looks like a penis and balls. <laughs> Yep, that would really hurt, but whatever. Yeah, and the guy, there's a guy that walks up and starts to try to start a fight with him, and he opens it up, and the yeah. gun starts revolving, and he just shakes his head like, nah. <laughs> and and in, and in, in true Tom Savini fashion, he dies in every movie that he's in. Yeah. So I think purposely. Yeah, he turns into like the big vampire rodent or whatever. Like one of the best parts, I feel like, is when one of the members of the band is playing a guitar made, made of, of people. Yeah. yeah, so once like the shit hits the fan or the you know vampires come out, yeah. they too they go to because it's a very sexual scene with Selma Hayek, and then the va- the band's very like just into it, and then when shit hits the fan, you look over and they're playing like drums yeah. where the cymbals are heads and all this other stuff. And it's yeah. it's done really really well, and I really really like that movie. But moving along, and oh, uh, oh I'm sorry, Bruce go ahead. Campbell. Bruce Campbell isn't in the TV show. He was in the second movie. Oh jeez, that's where oh. I got. I've never seen any of the sequels. No, and I don't think I'm going to. So uh, the next <laughs> one, uh, Texas the- Blood Money. The, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next one I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to talk about the third. My third one is The Shining. Yeah, I I really like this movie just because of, and I think strictly because of Jack Nicholson's performance in it. For anyone that doesn't know, The Shining, it came out in, let me pull my notes up. Uh, the Shining came out in 1980. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick. And of course, my wife loves it because it was written, it was based off of a book made by Stephen King. Uh, also, I'm talking about the 1980 version, not the 1994 version or whatever. Oh, I didn't know it had was a remake. Like a made-for-TV? It was a made-for-TV version oh. where the ending is drastically what? different. It is drastically different, and it's not that good. Uh, but basically, The Shining is the, a movie that basically Jack Torrance uh, is asked to take care of this he's hotel. A he's a writer that has writer's block, and he's asked to take care of this hotel for like six months in the winter. While they're snowed in. While they're, he's the person talked to him is like, you're going to be snowed in. We just need someone to take care of everything. So he brings his wife, who is played by Shelley Duvall. And God, God bless Shelley Duvall because she is not the prettiest woman in the world, but she can act. Like, she is legitimately terrified throughout this entire movie. Yeah. 
And then they have their son, Danny Torrance, who is a little different. And red, yeah, red rum, <laughs> the little finger move. My wife just looked at me and did that. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I need to go into this movie that much. It's The Shining. Uh, I will. I will say. Can I? I will say my piece on it real quick. Yes. I had never seen it until. Did we watch it last year? Two years ago. I think. Two years ago. But because of just pop culture and everything, I knew everything that was going to happen in this movie. So I, I don't. I don't feel like I ever, unfortunately, will have been able to fully enjoy it as it was meant to be. But mm. it's still a good movie. But that's probably how you're going to be with The Exorcist. Yeah. Well. Yeah, probably, that, yeah. And I didn't see The Shining until I was much, much older. And I think it was just I watched every facial expression that Jack Nicholson does is just amazing. Like he is just phenomenal in this movie. And the, the whole Jack uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, which I love because there's a treehouse of horror. That's Simpsons, all, yeah. All, yeah, it's just like. Don't all, mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah. It's like no no blank, no beer and no TV make Homer go something something. Yeah. <laughs> and Marge goes, go crazy. And Homer goes, don't mind if I do. <laughs> and, yeah. That's great. Bob's Burgers did it too. Yeah. It, it's, oh, the first episode. Yep. Right? Was it the first? It was in the well, first season. In the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember when episode. Bob's in the wall? Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that's I. I love the movie. The movie's so good. And uh, I like that I put it on my list because we talked about Doctor Sleep that's coming out uh, later this year. But uh, just to kind of go through, we're already kind of running long with this movie. But uh, my next one, and I'm going to put this as number my number two is Tremors. <laughs> 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 so the oh, I got it. It's a poop joke. <laughs> Like Tremors, oh, I didn't get that. No, oh, go. okay. Great. Number two, Tremors. Okay. But Tremors <laughs> is an. <laughs> Rachel got it. There it is. Yeah, it took me a second. It's almost like the who's who's Chad joke. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tremors, I remember seeing this movie on uh, TNT all the time growing oh, up. Oh yeah, they still play it all the yeah, time. Yeah, and it's oh, heavily yeah. censored. Oh yeah. Heavily yeah. censored in this oh, movie because yeah. it's funny because anyway, I'll get into it. It's directed by Ron Underwood. It's from it released in 1990. It has Fred Ward and a very young Kevin Bacon in it. Um, the re one of the reasons Don't I forget Reba. There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's got uh, Michael Gross who plays uh, Bert Gummer and Reba McIntyre who plays his wife. Uh, which, uh, smartly enough, she was never in any of the sequels. So, For good reason. Yes. Uh, but the reason I love this movie is it uses almost all the tricks in the book when it comes to cinematography. It uses reverse photography. So at the one point where you first see the tremor, like the big worm coming out of the, come out of the ground, and all the little worms come out of its mouth, all the tentacles, that is actually done with reverse photography. I didn't know that. Oh, yep. cool. Uh, they use, and actually when they use that, they show that, because you think the tentacle is the monster in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, this big ass fucking worm comes out. And you're like, oh, okay, that's the monster. <laughs> and uh, But the little tentacle things, those are hand puppets. Whenever you yeah. see them up close, those are. Oh, I believe that. Those yeah. are hand puppets. They use miniatures. There's a part where, so there's a part where one of the tremors bursts through, because Burt Gummer and his wife, Reba, I can't remember what her name is in the movie. But uh, they're very like dooms. Uh, Heather, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, She's Reba. it's just Reba. <laughs> uh, they're like doomsday preparers. Like they have all these oh, guns yeah. and all this stuff. And it's a very awesome scene where the tremor busts through. It's a 
it, it busts through. It's fully animatronic. Yeah. Like, because they had to make the first part of it. Because at one point, the creator, or not the creator, but the owner of the shop. Because this movie takes place in Perfection, Arizona or New mm-hmm. Mexico. And there's a population of 14 people. <laughs> and uh, the only, I guess I would say is the Walmart of this era, area is Chang's uh, convenience store. Oh grocery store and the whole reason that they had to make that part of the monster was because chang spoiler alert gets eaten and they show it it's very very gruesome and that's the part that they cut out of the tv version yeah so i'm just like what happened like and then when i saw the actual dvd version i was like holy shit this is a lot more and that's at the point too where they realize shit hit the fan like we have to do something about this situation but uh but there's an awesome scene and uh, when the tremor bur- bursts through, that's obviously the big animatronic. And then there's an amazing scene where it's an awesome comical scene because they're shooting at it. They run out of ammo and you're like, oh, they're about to die. And then it just pans over to the wall of just tons of guns. <laughs> and they just like start unloading. Oh, right. Yeah. In their bunker still. Yep. Yeah. They're just yeah. in their bunker. And there's an awesome scene. And I don't know. I, I remember it because we I watch it like very frequently and I watch their uh, Red Letter Media's review of it too. Is there's a scene where Bert drops his gun, it's a real gun, and then at there's a transition where it switches to miniature and then it pans over to the tremor that lunges at the gun because it hit the ground. And so, you know, for people that don't know what the movie Tremors is, it's about these blind monsters underneath the ground that hunt by vibration. So anytime by tremors. You, right by tremors, yeah. And it's just it's they're not amazing. even called that in the movie either. We no, should clarify the monsters. They're called graboids. Graboids. Yeah. What is it? But he's I like, can see why graboids would not be a great title for a film. Yeah. He's like, you're gonna be, you're gonna regret not giving them a name. That's what they say. Yeah. That's what it says in the movie. But this movie's phenomenal. I absolutely love this movie. Kevin Bacon. Like it's it's really weird because it doesn't see. It's all in daytime too. There's not like one night scene. The yeah. one night scene is like when the old people get eaten. But it's the doctor yeah. where the, the the station wagon gets oh, pulled underneath right. the ground. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that to Rachel because um, we knew that you had this on your list, uh, but I, she was like, "Is that really a horror movie?" I was like, "It is," but. What confuses people about it, whether it is or not, is the entire movie almost is uh, taking place during the day. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like it, too, where they have a clear, concise thing that they need to do. They're like, okay, let's get off the ground. All right, well, we're on top of our homes, but now the worms, they start realizing the graboids are slowly pulling the, pulling the ground out, out the underneath them so that the houses will start sinking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's always an escalate. So the monsters are always evolving. So there's an escalating threat that they have to take care of. But the minute they take care of that threat, the monsters have started going to the next threat. They evolve. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just, I really like the movie. And uh, um, it has, it's PG-13, but it has one of my favorite F-bombs in PG-13 movies where, they kill one successfully by getting them to like fly out into a yeah something like a like a what what's it it's called? like a gulch you, or something like that yeah but it's cement and the thing like burrows through the wall and then blasts into wherever and Kevin Bacon just yells fuck you <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and that's right at the end too is, that's yeah. the last one because he's running it's the last graboid that they're trying to kill and this it's one's the cliff. this it's is the smart it. one it, yeah. it spits the dynamite back out. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's like, I hope you can fly, fucker, or something like that. <laughs> I was just like, you had to yeah. get it in there. That's perfect. Yeah, that movie's good. Let's, uh, we're going to move on to my number. Well, that was my your, number your two. Tiebreaker number so, my one. tiebreaker for number one, I have two. Uh, we talked about one. It's The Thing. Uh, I absolutely, oh, okay. I absolutely love The Thing. 
I love how depressing it is. Uh, I think as I've gotten older, I just like depressing movies. Star, you know, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars movie because of how such a downer it ends on. Uh, but this one at the end of it, the, and we've talked about it already, the anxiety, the paranoia, the practical effects of this movie are amazing. Uh, oh, I was going to talk about in Tremors, in liking Gremlins, there's one really bad shot that in in Burt's basement, I don't know why they thought they had to have this composite shot in it, but there's a shot of Burt just like shooting at a green screen graboid and it looks so, so bad. And that's just like in Gremlins, there's a bad scene too, but anyway... With the thing, like, the scene that gets me every time is where the doctor is doing the defibrillator and the guy's chest opens up. Oh, sorry, I went on oh. mute. Uh, yes, you did. The guy's <laughs> chest opens up. Dramatic pause. Yes, the guy's chest opens up and the monster rips his arms off. And there's what's funny is he's got his arms up in the air and all this other stuff. There's a lot of really cool uh, trivia about the movie. Uh, it's John Carpenter has stated multiple times that it's his favorite movie he's ever made. Uh, oh, okay. I also don't think it didn't do very well when it came out. And I think that's because E.T. also came out that same year. And everyone was like, oh, a happy-go-lucky alien movie. And then they go to see the thing and they're like, what is this? <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, this is not what I thought it was. Uh, another fun fact is this is one of the first movies of John Carpenter's that he actually did not score himself. You know, John Carpenter's known for the Halloween. He made the score of Halloween and all that stuff. But my other number one. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about the thing? I think we've kind of already went over it. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to get a big, I hope I get a, as big a roar of applause out of this as the Lost Boys did. Uh, we'll see. My number We're one, here. my other number one tying is Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Day- I love Bob. Yeah, like uh, Day of the Dead is for anyone that doesn't know, Day of the Dead is the third movie that George a- George Romero directed. I feel like it's his best movie. Some consider it the end of the trilogy. People like to think, like to pretend that no other dead movies exist from Romero. I'm one of those. <laughs> night dawn, night dawn day. Yeah, yeah it's it. night dawn day. No one worries about land survival or diary. <laughs> yeah. But no, this movie is probably Tom Savini's best work that he's ever done when it comes to zombies. Because I've watched this movie multiple times and I still get nauseated at scenes. Oh. Of just like, because there's the doctor that just has like, at one point he has one of the soldiers' heads and all it is is the brain and the eyeballs and the nervous system. And then there's another one where a zombie is being operated on and it it like leans up from the table and all the guts just fall on the floor. It is so good. And again, it's a super depressing movie (laughs) yeah it's like this movie like because if we go back and talk about dawn of the dead dawn of the dead is all about like you know consumerism and like uh all that stuff and it's very like in the 70s it was all about people buying things and all that stuff and day of the dead i feel like in the 80s people are just like let's just fucking give up like and like down with uh down with the authority yeah. And all that other stuff. But this movie, uh, fun fact, uh, I know, Rachel, you guys have met Bub at least once, I know for a fact. Uh, she has. I, I met him twice. You've oh, met him twice. Yeah, well. Yeah. We went to a convention where uh, I felt really bad for not going. Joe, uh, Joe Pilato was there. And also, uh, he was he was there. And then the main woman in the movie was there. And then uh, the two helicopter, or helicopter pilots were there as well. And I looked over. And this is like, you look over in the lines. And it's like... J- Jillian, uh, not Jillian Michaels, or the lady that uh, plays uh, uh, Scully in X-Files. Jillian Anderson? Jillian Anderson. You look over, her line is like 
got tons of people in it. And then you look over in these lines and there's nobody in their lines. And I'm just like, oh, this is so sad. This movie's so good. We actually went to a QA. and a We went to a Q&A where they had people talk about it. And then they screened the entire movie right afterwards. And we got to watch That's the cool. movie with Joe with Pilato. Actors, yeah. yeah. And it's just really cool to watch their faces and looking at their... This movie is... Anytime anyone's like, I want to watch a good old zombie movie. I'm like, Day of the Dead. Watch it. <laughs> like, it's the best one. Uh, the score is amazing in this movie. Oh, that's one thing we didn't talk about. The Exorcist. Uh, the score is tu- tubular bells tubular bells is a, it's yeah. a very it's a beginning of a song called tubular bells where this guy has been every time something technologically advanced comes out in music he goes back and re-records everything for this song because he can't get it perfect that's in his head mm-hmm. so but speaking of music this music uh, in the recent Stranger Things season three, this is very, they're watching, they yeah, go to a movie the where they're watching Day of the Dead. A lot of the music is inspired. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Rachel's favorite scene has not aged well. Which which <laughs> scene is that? Those hands are great. <laughs> where they bust out of the wall at the very beginning How of the movie. she like slowly turns like, eh, yeah, eh. like turns away from the wall. Yeah, and it's all like a dream sequence. But uh, another thing, I remember seeing this movie as a young kid, and the one scene that stood out is towards the end where the zombies have broken in, and there's a scene where all the army guys that are left are getting captured and torn apart, and there's one guy that's getting torn apart, but he's being he's screaming at the same time, but they tear his head off, and you hear his vocal cords, he's going like, ah, ah, ah and then you hear it being torn, and I'm like, holy shit, that was amazing. <laughs> like... Uh. It's nauseating. Like, and then also yeah. Bub's just awesome. Like, there's multiple <laughs> times where you think Bub's gonna get killed and you're like, don't you touch Bub. Like <laughs> But yeah, that's my movies. So a recap from the bottom. I had Gremlins, we had uh The Shining, we had uh Trem no from Dust Till Dawn, uh Tremors, Day of the Dead, and then the thing are my number ones. So What a list. What a group. Yeah, that was very. I, so I was really afraid that we were going to overlap, overlap a lot more, too. but we only overlapped on the thing, uh, Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street. On Elm Street. Mm-hmm. That was basically mm-hmm. it. Not uh, too bad. I thought somebody else would have had The Exorcist, honestly. But it almost made. I mine. swear, I thought. Yeah, I thought Rachel's originally. Maybe you originally <laughs> had The Exorcist. Maybe when we were just spitballing, you had The Exorcist on yours or something. It's one we gotta watch. Basically, basically, uh, Holly's list we have to watch. We'll just watch Lost Boys again for the hell of it. Yeah, this year. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll watch it for the first time. So you'll watch it for the first time, and then you'll think, "Man, Monster Squad's so much better than this." Oh, oh Hallie, God. Hallie, Hallie was <laughs> not on our discussion about. I was her. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should time. listen to the Megavision sideshow. We talked about it, and Chris surprisingly turned around on it towards the end after he yeah. watched it the second time. No. I think he just he stopped taking it so serious and just enjoyed the <laughs> Hallie's life. just no. She's just a firm, firm no. So, well, that was our little segment that we did this week. Uh, we have one question. I We, we forgot qu- about questions one week, so now me and Chris are both paranoid that we won't do the questions. So we always go right to it. Uh, we do have one question. and this, I feel like this question might be more towards me because H2O knows how much I love these movies, but not particularly this movie that's about to come out. For, so from H2O Happy Dude, what are the thoughts about the Jay and Silent Bob reboot and the Viewaskew universe as a whole? I, I don't know what that universe is. Uh, that universe is Clerks, Small Rats, uh, Chasing oh, okay. Amy, Dogma. Just, so the Kevin Smith universe. Yeah, his his production agency is Viewaskew. And uh, gotcha. 
I saw the trailer of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I don't think it needs to exist. I really wish that they would advertise the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie and then just show Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back <laughs> because I feel like it's just going to be like almost the same movie. But the Viewskew universe as a whole, I love that universe. I love Clerks. I love Mallrats. Chasing Amy still brings a tear to my eye sometimes, even though the premise of that movie is to turn a lesbian straight she just needs a good deep dicking those are not my words those are words from kevin smith himself (laughs) so uh and dogma is one of the best religious movies i've ever seen in my life so i do like dogma that's like the only movie i I like that for my birthday one year and i didn't know alan rickman as the voice of god is so great alan rickman's so good in that movie alanis morissette's god matt matt damon all that. I thought Alan Rickman was the eunuch or something. He is the eunuch, but he is the... He is no gender. He is no gender. He's, he's an angel because angels are no right, gender. Yeah. Gotcha. And he shows like his genderless crotch <laughs> at that part in the yep. movie too. Uh, and then like, uh, what is it? Chris Rock is the 13th apostle. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus. His name's Rufus. Rufus. <laughs> Rufus. I really like those movies all the way up to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I feel like after that, I watched Cop Out. No, I'm sorry. I like Clerks too. Clerks 2 still holds up for me. Uh, do you guys have any? I feel like I'm just talking nonstop by myself about this part. <laughs> uh, I've never, nothing I've seen by Kevin Smith has really entertained me, unfortunately. I've only seen Dogma. Oh, wow. I just have never, I, I just lo- don't care about Kevin Smith movies. I love Clerks so them. much because it was done on a $27,000 budget. The reason yeah. the reason it's in black and white is because it was cheaper to film in black and white. So Interesting. He maxed out about eight credit cards to get everything he needed for it. Uh, he basically said in multiple interviews where he was like, this was either going to be like, hey, look at my successful first project or be like, you're at Christmas one time and he's drunk and he's just like, you got, you want to see the biggest failure of my life? So <laughs> he said it was either going to go one of one, one of two ways and he's very happy that it went one, the the way it did. So, but That's cool. Uh, I don't mind Kevin Smith. I just don't care about his movies. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, Scotty's on the podcast, so we don't have any questions from him usually it's scotty asking about eight questions so uh but no i think uh that was a very successful podcast Uh, i think we 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 did what we set out to do scotty and rachel would you guys like to plug anything your instagrams or your twitters or anything like that um do you want to just tell people to read books honey yeah read more (laughs) hallie word yeah she's part of a uh um why don't you say the thing you're part of and maybe other people can hop into it Oh, I was I just listened to that podcast. No, I'm talking what? about the the like this is you took a picture of your books. Oh, just like the uh what is, is it, it called? I don't October. I'm you. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. What is it? Oh shit. What's it called? I don't know, honey. <laughs> it's like an October reading challenge like, and you just oh, okay. read books throughout the month and it's like horror related ones. I'm slacking. I'm only on book number 4 right now. Hallie has her own library. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh All right, it's called the uh Yeah. Yeah, it's called the October read challenge. It's hashtag OCTBR challenge. Oh, because it's like October to be read. TBR. Oh, okay. TBR. Nice. Uh, fun fact, Hallie actually wrote a list of five books that she was going to talk about on the podcast too, but I don't think we have enough time for that. I did, yes. <laughs> well, but, uh, you should get those to Rachel though. I'm sure she'll be interested. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I don't know. I'm about to record another podcast, so just go listen to that at some point when that comes <laughs> out. Uh, we got streams coming up. Um, Corey is basically holding down the fort as the stream team. We got some stuff coming up, more ill bleed, more throwdowns, gonna have Rocket League because they got a Stranger Things theme and we're using that as an excuse to play for the Halloween month. It's also on sale right now. <laughs> yeah, get that. Get that shit. Rocket League's one of my favorite games ever. 
Um, but if you basically just go to twitter.com backslash megavisionsmag, you'll keep up to with what I do. And then Hallie, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug. You have a t- Instagram? No, you're good on that. Okay, no, she doesn't want people knowing about her. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> All right, smarter uh, way to live. Well, I want to thank everyone. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Scotty, and thank you, Hallie, for being on uh, this week. Uh, Scotty, I believe next week we're going to do a podcast, but it's just going to be you and me, and we're going to focus more on like video horror video games that we've liked. And I'm basically going to talk about Ill Bleed for two hours. So <laughs> yeah, basically. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Everyone, uh, say goodbye to everybody, and I hope everyone has a good week. Goodbye. See you. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Scrubverse Podcast. If you would like to keep up to date with us, follow us on Twitter at Scrubverse Podcast, at Vetted Games, and at Tornado Jones. Email us at scrubversepodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to check out our giveaway this month. Links will be provided in the podcast description. 